The intermediate line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. Please select from the following options. 1. Talk to Chris and Voltsy. 2. Get connected. 3. Listen to Voltsy talk about dentition. 4. Listen to Chris talk about game changers. 5. Listen to the intermediate line. Or simply hang up. You have hung up. This episode of The Intermediate Line is brought to you by Manic Tackle Project, the only company who knows fly fishing as well as you do. And Beast Brushes, Australian-made brushes and dubbing, professionally graded natural materials, plus a full shop for all of your fly tying needs at beastbrushes.com. Welcome back to the show, folks, for episode 101. How stoked are you? I'm uh, 101 times stoked, dude. I'm yeah. really, really happy to be here. Really happy. Mate, I'm wrapped to be here. You know, one thing I like better than doing 100 episodes is 101. Wow. Wow, yep. wow. Yeah, amazing, man. mate. It's amazing. But uh, it was uh, it was a good show. I was uh, I, I got a lot of good feedback. And thanks to the guys who gave us... Uh, Feedback on the on the hundredth show. It was good to um, show ourselves. Boom. Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit different, and uh, you know, all those all those episodes we've spoken to other people. It was uh, it was a good flip, a welcome change to have somebody uh, talk to us for a change. Yeah, it was good. And if you want to learn more about your hosts, stay tuned for episode two hundred, where we'll uh, lift off <laughs> where we where we where we ended up. <laughs> oh, we'll get another Mamrot to um to interview us as well. Well, there's there's three brothers, so I, I guess that's that's got us through to episode 300, mate, which is about six years. Yeah, I think we might wrap it up at episode 100, eh? 300, rather. Yeah, yeah, 300. Yeah. That'll 300 be 300 is the limit. Yeah, we're running out of people to talk to, people to listen to us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we could, uh, I'm sure we could compose a flyline episode before then. Maybe two. Mm. Yeah, yeah, man. I just came from a lesson, actually. Just gave a dude a lesson. Shout out to Marty, who lives at, uh, on the Sunshine Coast as well. I won't give away the suburb. That was very silly of me to even go that direction. But 
uh-huh. just made it back in time for the uh, podcast. Oh, cool. How'd Marty, uh, how'd Marty go? What would you describe uh, his experience level as? Oh, no, Marty, Marty could cast, man, um, yeah. but um, but was doing this, the, uh, how, do I, how do I describe it? Um, the same, not so much the same thing, just had one bag of trick, if you know what I'm saying, you know? Uh-huh. Yep. Um, was, was, uh, would have struggled to do his one one trick into the wind or big flies and so that. So, you know, we just sharpened things up and corrected a few bad habits and made me realize that when I'm looking at all these individual students that I get when you've got to adapt to each one, depending on whatever they bring to the table, that there is no reason at all why anyone who rates themselves or should be rated as a casting instructor should ever, ever fucking give advice online. Oh. <laughs> it spins me out when I see that. Eh? I think to myself how how nuancy it is to sort of adapt to, um, you know, an, an, an individual person in real life, in any time, in any life, you know, but with each individual student, you've got to sort of adapt to each one very quickly. You can't go in with a regimented lesson plan. you got to, you know, you got to ask them what they want out of it and um, what they hope to get out of it, their, their experience, and you got to watch them for a bit. And, you know, some people might come in with, um, everyone comes in with faults. I'm not saying I'm free of faults either, um, but um, particularly for tuition. But um, yeah, it's it's good, mate. You got to you got to adapt to them pretty quickly, and it's um, it's a great experience to watch someone go away with with um, with ways to correct their own casting and ways to think about it and ways to uh, improve, which is the main name of the game with the, um, with casting lessons, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're right. Every everybody's got their a different different baseline at the beginning from after that lesson, and um, and you know putting the, uh, the proverbial round peg into the, the square hole um, wouldn't uh, uh, wouldn't suit a lot of people. So uh, to get the best results, you've got to tailor the, the um, you know, the lesson to people's individual uh, experience levels, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like it's, uh, I think Mel Krieger um, talked about diagnosis of casting faults once and, you know, like you, you started observing what happens at the end of the fly line, work your way back to the rod, work your way back you know to the to the person you know and then start your correction from the person to the rod to to what and then what's being reflected out to the line you know so you know when you get people online that say things like i can't cast a a a line a particular line or whatever there's just so many there's just so many things you need to see them and and you need to know how to diagnose and correct those faults i'm not trying to monopolize casting casting tuition but you know, I, I, it puts people in a hard position, particularly if you live remote or not around a casting instructor, um, particularly an experienced one or something like that. But it's um, it's just frustrating to watch. I mean, uh, people get people get advice online and must be like, uh huh, uh huh, cool, go try that, and it's the same thing happens because we're all different. We all need different tuition. We're all all different way. It'd be like it'd be no different to sort of saying it's um, um, you could learn golf from from a magazine or something like that. You know, yeah. it's not. It's just, it's very, very similar. I, I, I don't play golf, but um, a, couple of my, a couple of my students have come in from golf, and and surfing. Surfing got a surfing, believe it or not, has got a pretty, um, pretty great parallel to casting, in my opinion. Um, How's that? Uh, just the, just the, um, yeah, um, the, the the way you, like you use you use your uh, body for power, I suppose. Um, boxing's quite similar as well, you know, like it's um, balance and, and use of power. But it's um, but the thing that's similar to to golf, I suppose, is letting the club do the work, whereas you're letting the rod do the work. But I mean, even in golf swings, just your whole body, your whole body's got to coordinate, like surfing, like boxing, you know. It's uh, uh-huh. but um, the places power comes from for for surfing and and boxing and and your balance and stuff is is very similar. That's for sure. 
Yeah, right. That's yeah. what I find. That's for sure. People that can do those things relate to relate to that. Oh well, the style that I teach anyway, quite well. You know, which I would um, I would like to think that I model my style of what you know Lefty Craig teaches rather than sort of a, a very trouty style. You know, like a you know I, I teach what I fish. You know. Okay, so here's a question for you, right? Mm. If you uh, if you started your own fly casting dojo, what would it be called? It'd be called. Um, <laughs> I like to think I would have had a quick, witty uh, response to that, but I'd have to think about it. Um, um, I would probably call it um, Lefty Kai or something like oh, that. You know, cast first, <laughs> <laughs> no back cast. You know. <laughs> <laughs> cast first, cast hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't yeah. creep. Yeah. <laughs> the dojo. <laughs> That's a classic. How's the dojo going anyway, mate? Are you, what, uh, what, what, what tip are your color of, the, of your belt at the moment? What, what is the color of the tips of your belt at the moment? Uh, I think I'm uh, black tip on a yellow belt. No. Oh yeah, cool. That's pretty lethal. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't. Miss deadly, the dojo, mate. My kids go to the dojo. They're on uh, purples, I think. Oh yeah, cool. Yellows, yellows are on. Yeah. Oh okay, because that uh, didn't they wear purple belts in um, in in um, in World Gym or something like that on uh, in that movie Dodgeball? Uh, I don't know. Globo Gym. You're thinking Globo Gym. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, purple I didn't belts. see that. I was too busy working out at Average Joe's. But oh, um, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. You were the pirate, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peg leg vaults. Oh, it's funny. It's funny. Yeah, dude. Uh, so um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna break the news here uh, to our listeners. Chris got a fantastic catch, and um, no doubt you've seen it on Instagram. Oh yeah, and no, I haven't put it up yet. But at the time, at the time I'm going, oh, man, I tell you, I'm sitting on it. I can't wait to post it up. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. At, but at the time this show goes live, I will, I will post it up. Yeah, it was pretty significant. Hey, um, is a, you know, I, I guess I, last week I spoke about you know tuskies and and uh, how you know there was one particular fish for me was, you know, something I was proud of. One of one of my, uh, you know. If I was compiling a list of top captures for myself, that would be one of my favourites. Um, and I believe this one fell into your uh, respective category for that, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so like basically, this is a rod, you know, and like these 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 rods, they're, they're not easy to come by. It's not since I saw that documentary in the eighties about catching rods that I've always wanted to. Um, I've always wanted to to do it, you know, and I've, I've chased it. I've I've tried to understand the species and. Hang understand on, it on. yeah well, which which rod what type of rod was it oh it doesn't i i don't i don't they're, they're usually so covered with growth that you can't see what brand it is or the reel or anything like that and this was definitely the case this was a uh like it had a full pelt you know it was um, a fully full adult rod like uh it wasn't it wasn't a uh, you know an adolescent you know it obviously been in the ecosystem for some time uh-huh um yeah but like sorry yeah, yeah. So it's it's a breeding size rod. It, it's been uh, it's exchanged genetic information with uh, with other rods. Well, this is the thing. At this time, at this time of year, they're 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 a schooling animal, and there's a good chance that there was more rods there at the time. But I was just lucky enough to um to snag that one, and um, you know, it was a good, it was a really healthy specimen. It had a full spool of braid on there. It even even had a lure on it, 
at that time as well. And um, uh, I just made it first, when I saw that thing break the surface, my heart was pounding. I was like, don't drop, please don't drop it. Please don't drop it. And, um, you know, the guy I was fishing with, who will be known thus far in as Mr. X, because he wasn't meant to be fishing that day. Um, mm-hmm. I, got, I got him to, 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 um, to grip it. Um, just got a nice firm grip on the on the yeah on the on the grip, and and got it in the boat. And yep. um, you know a few quick photos later, and, and we released it. But you know put it back to where it was because it's obviously it had its nest over there. You know rods are are, are well known for um, being quite uh, you know like stationary during the daylight hours. They'll they'll roam the lakes in search uh-huh. of prey um, at night, uh, but nocturnal during the day. Rods. Sorry, it's a nocturnal rod. Yeah, I think I think a lot of them are, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early morning, that sort of out and about early in the morning. Too. I don't, I don't really don't know enough. I don't think there was a lot known about them, vaults. You know, like I think yeah. they're just one of those um, enigmas that show up every now and then. But uh, but I'll tell you a little bit about the fly that, that ate it. You know, I got a very had a very special uh, rod fly, and like it's um, you know, I, I I don't like to think that it's it's scented, but I mean like they they like a lot of epoxy on there and some good like rod binding thread on there and things like that. Um, um, I like to put a like a, a Fuji alcinite uh, articulation hanging off the back of it as well. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's that's what I like to do. But it's a pretty plain and easy fly. It's easy to cast, sinks well. Um, uh-huh. With a fast sink, like you count down, like this was in about 30 feet of water, which is their preferred depth. It came up, it didn't have any baritron, it released really well. Yep, cool, mm. cool. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Stunning, nice. Yeah, nice ride, was it? Oh, beautiful, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, it released well and, you know, like I'm, like it's there for someone else to catch now. Oh, man, that's so noble of you. Right, quick photo yeah. on its way. Yeah, just, just, you know, keep it wet, as I like to say, but this one was such a, uh, like, a, I couldn't help but bring it out of the water for a few moments, but, yeah. <laughs> Um, I just had to put it back. You could just see it was uh, just a, just a beautiful species, you know. And it, and it played the game really well. It stayed really calm in the boat. Barely moved when it was in the boat. Yeah, right. Shit. Mm. Yep. <clears throat> Amazing. Yeah. No, they're well oh. behaved. The bigger, the bigger rods are like that, eh? They get in the boat. They they've, they've done their fight in the water. They don't save anything for the boat, you know. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. mate. Well, yeah, cool, look, I think, uh, man, I just I look back to. I mean, you'll see in the photo like that that beautiful full spool of braid on there like it was just yeah <laughs> amazing really was really hook amazing, point down fly, was it Steve pardon sorry was it was the the fly hook point down one or what uh no actually like it, this was it was very lucky how this thing came out the hook it actually ate it, it ate it square in the bail arm you know um so i'd say like um you know like it was probably lashing out with its with its braid to to you know just to, to i believe they use that as their as their feelers to 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 determine if 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 what they're chasing is real or not, yeah. and um, the hook seemed to have get caught in that in that beautiful braid and work its way down to the bail arm, and that's how it, that's how it came in. Yeah, right. Amazing. I mean, like, right in the corner of the bail arm too. Like it was such a solid hook set, you know. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's amazing. I'm looking at the image you sent me earlier. It's a really uh, it's a healthy looking rod, mate. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. Mr. X was impressed as well. Well, he must be a hard man to uh, impress. So he is a hard man to impress. Um, he's a very straight, straight edge down the line person uh, with very little sense of humour. Um, really? And um, and I think this was his first rod that he saw as well. And uh, I, I actually th- think I saw him shed a tear. Oh really? 
Mm. That's how much it means to those um, you know, rod chasers. What a touching moment, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, look at it. I can see you got both hands on the rod too. And Oh, yeah, you've got, you got to support their weight. And just so everyone knows you caught it on fly, you've uh, you balanced your own rod on the shoulder there. I wanted everyone to know how I caught it, mate. So I thought the most appropriate way of virtue signaling this was to wear my rod on my shoulder, just uh-huh. to let everyone know and to let them know that for sure that uh, um, there was no other way I caught it. It's and okay. I'm better, and I'm better than you. Sorry? I was gonna. I thought as you were saying, it's it's okay to fly fish, but really, it's just that you're better than us, right? No, I was just basically showing you that, like, <laughs> yeah, you couldn't do it, and um, and I wanted to just <laughs> point it out that um, yeah, you know, right. yeah, 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 yeah. I I wasn't able to pull off the um the mystery rod one, like the ones where you see that the reel is clearly falling off the back mid mid photo. Oh uh, yeah. I couldn't pull that off. You know, I thought that's a I like those rod shot of shots where you you, you you know it defies physics, you know, and um I just I just couldn't do it. I wonder some people if they've got like a have you seen those people who got those hooks they hang off the back of their cap on the snap bit there, and they hang down and they can rest their reel on the back of their collar there. What I don't think I've seen it. What there's oh a yeah it's a, it's a new product. Yeah it's right. called it's called um Hellman products you know, um mate yeah. Uh, mate, I think the parent company is, is called Fig Jam Enterprises, um, and uh, essentially they make a product where you just hook it off the back of your cap, and then another, like a third party shows up and puts the rod in the hook, and you can see, still in the photo, that you're better than everyone else, but you don't have to worry about um, you know, balancing it. Yep. Mm. It really takes the skill out of it for a bit, but I think those guys over at Fig Jam Industries... Um, um, you know they really know they really know what they're talking about. <laughs> I mean, just ask them; they'll tell you. You know, <laughs> I think that's their company motto, isn't it? Yeah, that fuck, I'm yeah. good. Just ask me. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> yeah, big jam. Yeah, riveting stuff, mate. No, but I went out, um, went out bass fishing, and. Um, yeah, it was good. Killed a pig. It was um, it was it was good. Such a good time of year for bass fishing at the moment. It's awesome. Yeah, good, good. Old school up, eh? Oh yeah, pretty pretty stacked up. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I was yeah, quite weird actually. Like it's, uh, I found one. We found one area. It took us a while to find it, but we found one area that was just, you know, five or six high, like all all over the all under us under the boat, like a lot of them, you know. But prior to that, found them all the way through this um this basic basin area i guess you could say just just scattered you know like uh you know really socially distancing distancing but not hardly eating it was really hard to get them to eat you know i'll tell you what was very interesting i know this doesn't sound like an ad but like fuck man i'm not gonna put variety in, in up for sale if if i know that there's only one thing that works but again seen seen an example of those glow the glow gold eyes um out fishing out fishing variations of vampires again you know it's um it's incredible, eh? It's just, it, I don't know how they see it. Like, we're fishing, like, 20 feet deep. It must be so friggin' dark down there. And they can discern the difference. Like, they'll definitely eat another fly. But it's, like, it's like 10 to 1. And then, you know, you think, oh, it must be that person's luck. But then you give you, you give that other person the same fly, and then they, it's it's fish for fish. It's incredible. It really is. It's really amazing. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's um, you know, when those, when those things occur, it sort of inspires a lot of confidence in you, hey? Like... You know, it gives a lot more uh, confidence in the pattern and the small variations. 
Well, Mr. X says to me, because um, he hasn't got hasn't got a lot of uh, bass on fly experience, although he's got a lot of bass experience. Um, uh-huh. the, the day before, what fly should I bring? What flies should I bring? I'm like, you can bring any fly as long as it's a number six size bass vampire. <laughs> <laughs> any colors, yeah, any color you like, as long as it's black and purple with golden glow eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we used to fish like full, like fully glow. Like we used to fish like the the whole dumbbell was completely glow. I think EJ Todd used to make them, and he used to get a couple of fish out of it. But for some reason, like it reminds me of when um, uh, when Paul Dolan was on explaining about the um the glow eyes. I think we talked about this on the eye episode. But we, when he was talking about what John Schofield does with the DK dancers, just dulls that glow down a bit, and just that that little glow insert in the gold just seems to be enough to. I'm just guessing here because I I don't live in the brain of a fish, but just enough for it to have that curiosity in that deep water to go, what are you? Not be not be like, oh, I've seen you before. There's definitely, I've definitely seen you before, you know. But just to be like, just enough glow to be curious, you know, to use their mouth like hands and pick it up and caress it and feel it and um and get pulled out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yep. I don't think they really feel it and caress it, man. <laughs> Sometimes there's a lot of lot of cast between fish while you're looking for them, you know. Then you think of these things, but that was good. At this time of year, is great. I think if um, you know, if you live in an area where uh, where there's bass impoundments and you can get a boat on there or a, a flotation device, even um, you know, you can get out and use the bass vampire for what it's intended to be used for, and that is impoundment bass. It's a, it, it's a killer time of year. If you find them, like we say in the bass episode, there's just hundreds of them. It's just, it's, it's just great. It can be, they can shut down for sure. If you catch too many and keep putting them back, I don't use a live well. I just put the fish back um, every time. And man, for some reason, the fly doesn't seem to shut them down like uh, really quickly at all, you know? Like lures seem to shut them down a lot faster than flies do, that's for sure. Yeah, right. Right. That's an interesting observation. You know that? Yeah. That level of finesse, or, or the fact that it doesn't put them down, would be really handy when, um, when you're fishing a comp, for example. Um, you need to, you know, keep keep the school engaged to, to pull the best ones out. You know what, Mister X, like who I said is, is uh, got a lot of experience with bass, has got a lot of tournament experience with bass as well. And Mister X was telling me that, um, you know, those guys that fish fly in bass tournaments without naming names, like at the highest level, like they they only they only fish fly when, when the fishing's shit. Like when they won't eat anything else and it's tough, it's their it's their last resort. It, yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Like it's um you know the some of the some of the tournament angles we look towards as as inspiration for bass on fly, but they only fish pick it up when it's shit. Like they're I mean no no disrespect for them. They're fantastic fishermen but they're they're not fly fishermen, you know what I mean? They're not they're not they're not going out without a spin rod. I would I would imagine from what I hear. Could be really wrong, but um, from right here. So it's oh. um sorry? Oh that's interesting to know. Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting, eh? You know, it's um such an effective technique. Um and like also Mr. X pointed out from his conventional background is that it's amazing that the bass vampire doesn't change. Like it's it's still the standout fly for bass, you know? Uh, including variations of like different colours, different sizes, all that sort of stuff. The bass vampire doesn't change, but in lures, every season it just changes. It just changes, changes, changes. But um, is that because in lures the, the fish get a really good visual on them and they learn and you know 
they're being, bass being such a long-lived species, are slow growing. Maybe they get to learn of what um, you know what what lures are hot. They just see so many of them, or is that just a- probably? I, I can agree with that that way of thinking because that's the same philosophy between behind those um those golden glow eyes, you know. Yeah. They're just not as, as as obnoxious. They're just enough to make it sort of curious. You know, they're just just not a, just not enough to be obnoxious. And I think those some of those lures, they must have those sonic signatures that they recognise. You know, without even looking at them or or even that visual that visual aspect, like you said. But they are slow growing fish. I was only talking in a chat on Facebook the other day about um, how slow they grow. Uh, I brought up the fact that uh, I caught one um, a few years ago, and it was 11 years out since it tagged, and it only grew 100 mil in 11 years, and it was bulging full of bait fish when i caught it you know there's no shortage of fish in the lake where i catch it um, you know, another, that's another crazy think about it. that's that's really really slow growing and pretty poor conversion of um of uh of protein really hey you know like if you're thinking it, it just fills up that much over that period of time and and only grew you know effectively what's that it was centimeter a year roughly or even less little little less yeah yeah nine mils a year yep like, Yep. Set. <laughs> Nothing. Um, but yes. <laughs> um, but like the other guys who put up comments about their tag fish found similar growth rates, which I thought was pretty interesting. So yeah, I think overall um, they're a pretty slow growing fish. In fact, I, I asked Bill from Sunfish when I um, when I rang in my tag, um, you know, is this slow? I was like, you know, when he told me the rates, and he goes, no, this is pretty normal. So they're pretty slow growing fish, that's for sure. Even no matter how much bait's in there. And, yeah. and I mean, there might be a different situation between different lakes, but um, can't argue the science, you know. No, These you da- data recorders all seem to think it falls, runs, happens pretty slow. Yeah, well, man. I mean, that's you know, science is science. So interesting, eh? Yep. Ex- exactly. Do you want to talk about what guests we got on tonight, just quickly? Yeah, yeah. Tonight's guest shit. We've been going a bit here. Uh, yep. Tonight's guest is all the way from the Northern Territory. Um, he's a well-respected guide up there. Uh, his, his business name is Vision Sport Fishing, and his name is Ben Carroll. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get him on the blower and check out. Excuse me, burping through the podcast is just not cool. Oh man, whatever. Very Aussie. Yeah. yeah. And it's very much our style. Let's face it. Correct. Yeah. We don't wear those tweed coats, do we? Leather patches, no. wine drinking. <laughs> did you see? Uh, did you see VBs giving people back money for solar energy? Really? Oh, man, it's just so impressive with VB. You'll never see craft beers here. Never. Go to the VB. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all right, let's get him on, eh? Yeah, let's do it, eh? Ta-da. For now, all right? All right, welcome back, listeners. We've got uh, Ben Carroll from Vision Sport Fishing with us tonight. Welcome to the show, Ben. How you going, boys? Doing well. I don't think it's Carroll, mate. Ah, Carol. near enough. Well, how, okay. Oh. Well, can can you give us a lesson, mate? How, how do you how do you pronounce your last name? Oh, I just Carroll with a U. You, God, Ross, like, that was pretty easy, mate. Because I'm a Kiwi, mate, I just can't pronounce U's and A's. <laughs> yeah. Or or an E. By the sounds of it, right? 
<laughs> I'm from Australia, so yeah, <laughs> up all the time. Apologies. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, it's just a shame you didn't pre-anticipate that the the correct wording there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Ben. I fucked uh, up. <laughs> so, so to the listeners. Ben, ben operates a guiding service up in Northern Territory called Vision, Vision Sports Fishing. And I got that right, right? Yeah, you got that one. Nah, look. Fuck yeah. Did you hear that, Volts? Fucking one nil to Chris. Fucking yeah. nailed it, mate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, tell us a bit about um, about your operation up there. Yeah, well, um, obviously the main target's Barra. Um, also specialise in chasing trophy class fish. Um March, April, May, and then September, October, November, and yeah, um, got a few permit trips starting up this August as well. We want to get into that in a minute for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I've been up there since twenty ten. Start of the business. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, so um, yeah, just flat out all year chasing big barrow mostly. You you've been there for a long time then, eh? So it's yeah. uh. Yeah. Um, so, man, I'd be really because I I know that. Um, uh, I mean, that's that's a t- tough gig up there. Like, it's um, did you did you move up there and just start uh, guiding straight away? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I had a mate that was working up there, and um, yep. and he said, "Oh, there's room for another guide." And I was just finishing uni at the time, still working in a tackle store, and um, yeah, yeah, I just hit the road with my boat and started up. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like a pretty fucking decent plan, mate. I think most people would love to uh, start with a plan like that. Oh man, I, I'm envious of that, and you know, and, and adm- admiring you at the same time, mate. Fucking following a dream takes a lot of nuts and a lot of guts. Um, so good on you, man. Fucking got my uh, got my approval straight up, man. That's awesome. Uh, thanks, boys. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. People tell you your whole life you can't make money out of fishing, and yeah, it's got to go, oh, fuck you guys, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> they do say the best way to make a million dollars in fishing is start with two million, don't they? Yeah, I reckon that's about right. I love those memories. So, so is uh, so Brizzy home base for you, mate? Um, oh, I spend more time in Darwin than everywhere, obviously. Um, yep. Working a nine-month season. Brizzy's home, like, growing up there. Yep. But um, all my family's still in Brizzy. But, yeah, I sort of – I work my season and just cruise, really, travel around Australia and and chase everything I can, waves, fish, beers. <laughs> 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 so yeah. what is what is your beer of choice, mate? Oh, at the moment I'm drinking a, um, a Cooper's Mint. Yeah, but is that your beer of choice or is that just what was in the fridge? Ah, Emu Export. I'm <laughs> sorry, Broke up a bit there. It didn't quite sound like VB there for a second, mate. Um, <laughs> I'll just adjust the microphones for a sec. Emu export all the way. God damn, they really, you really pronounce VB different, eh, to most people. That's uh, really interesting. <laughs> I did have two VBs last night, I must say. There we go. I can hear everything perfectly now. That's great. Uh, really interesting, mate. That's um, that's really cool. That's, um, um, tell us, well, mate, I tell you, we did want to get into it, and like, uh, but we'll... Um, uh, I'm I'm pretty keen to hear more about this um, um before we get in. I, I want to hear about the bar and all that sort of stuff up there. But let's um 
let's let's approach the the subject these sort of um teasers with a second ago there with the with the permit fishing that's going up there because it's uh as a fly fishing podcast obviously most of the listeners are going to put that species up on a pedestal um so um tell tell us a bit about what's what's going on there because it's uh the the northern territory is not i mean well darwin's itself is although not uh unheard of for permit but not well known for it no the darwin area itself um we'll get very very big tides Mm. in that area um anywhere with those huge tides doesn't seem to be too conducive to permit fishing Mm um most of the territory is subjected to them but there are pockets where you'll get sort of maximum five meter tides mm-hmm. and um, like the vessels and like places like that where, yeah, the water stays cleaner a lot longer and, um, and yeah, it's sort of virgin ground in most places up there in terms of permit. Cause there's not many fly fishers in the territory mm-hmm. and the are there. not many of them willing to go to the effort to sort out a permit fishery when you can just go and chase tiger or, or go sight casting for bar on the flats. Mm. Yep. Yeah, there's a mate of mine went and did some scouting in an area last year and uh he got a he got a couple of nice ones. And uh yeah, got the first trip going over there next month. Oh yeah, cool. Very cool. Yeah. And um okay, so you, the way the way you're describing it there is we're talking about um you know, clear water skinny flats, classic yeah. permit fishing, yeah. Yeah, a lot of wading as well. Like um Ooh, wow. Yeah, well like people are scared of waiting in the territory, but providing you're not a long way from shore, and and on a sand flat, you're going to see a crocodile coming from an absolute mile away. It's um the crocs aren't an issue. Mm. The wet waiting, it's um yeah, it's just one of those one of those things that people get in their heads. Like a crocodile knows when it can have a crack at you. It doesn't want to have a crack at you in clear water. Right, like it wants to be hidden, like in a creek. If the water's dirty, no way I'm wading across the damn thing. But but on a sand flat, yeah, all day. Yeah, right. Okay, that's that. Yeah, right. Very interesting. Um, right. Okay, that's that. That's pretty. Interesting. I know you're not. You know, you know, you can't give away too much with it. Um, but do you know what sort of permit they are? Uh, Anak and Blotchai, and they look to be some hybrids as well. Oh, really? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, one of the ones my mate got last year. He, um, yeah, we've all had a look at it and sort of thinking it might be a, a um, hybrid. That's wow. really interesting. Really interesting, and I think that'll get the interest of a lot of people too. First of all, you've got both species. You've got a possible hybrid. Um, you've got virgin territory. Everybody, you know, wants to wants to climb that peak, you know, and and get get into those sort of um, fish those new locations. You know, that, this is pretty exciting, mate. Do you have any idea on, um, well, first of all, are you willing to discuss um, what success you've had there so far or is that sort of an X-file for now? Uh, we'll keep that apart. I'll, um, I'll shoot you some photos next month. <laughs> <laughs> nice, mate. Nice. And um, oh, and flies, you're just sort of, you're still feeling that out, obviously? Yeah. Um, mostly flexos. Yeah, yeah, cool. I mean, it's the South African burly cage. You mean, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they seem to work. Yeah, they like they, they're good. They're good for holding S factor, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to chase milkies with a bunch of bread, burly. 
<laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that, mate. <laughs> doesn't work for me. It feels like going to a knock shop. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, look, that's that's pretty exciting. I hang a lot of shit on flexos. But let, let me tell you, um, we see a lot of permit um, caught on them, hey, and um, uh, you know they're definitely the the you know the want say the flavour probably are the flavour of the month. Um, you know, for whatever reason, they run, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to take a full compliment of um, on crabs on this next trip and mm. just, just suss them out because we can't actually seem to find their forage at the moment. Mm, yeah, okay. we haven't been able to track down what they're what they are actually eating. But um, might have to kill a couple. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's not a bad thing, though. I mean, like you're not going to you know white not going to wipe out a generation of permit from keeping a couple. You know. A fish is a fish at the end of the day, like whether you're, right. whether you're knocking a bar on the head or knocking a permit or a trout or, yeah. Like, yeah. I agree. Well, we're, not, we're not here to make friends with them, you know, nah. look, and, and the whole catch and, you know, like the catch and release thing, I'm, you know, it is, it is very good and very, you know, important, but, you know, equally as dangerous as the catch and kill crowd as a catch and, you know, the, the catch and must release, you know, like they're, um. You know they can do a lot of damage to fishing as well because it sort of looks like without without a, an amount of take or or that it sort of looks like sort of you know slaughter not say slaughter or torture you know yeah yeah hundred um, percent yeah so we we need to make allowances for people just to do what the fuck they want you know yeah well yeah. the mates in the vessels they hooked one so deep it bled out and um yeah. and they knocked the sides off it and had a feed and that it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, apparently they taste really nice. I've, yeah, I've heard. yeah. There's there's been a few rednecks up Mackay region over the years that um that like to go a bit commercial on them when they can find them, catch them on bait. Right. <laughs> go a bit commercial on them. I've never heard that phrase before. That's uh, <laughs> is that because they're commercial guys or they're just uh, no, people no, who should bait that can't them. control themselves? Yeah, can't can't help it. Just I've seen a photo of one bloke. I won't mention his name, but holding up two permits, sort of north of the nine kilo area. Wow. And you can see in the background, there's another half a dozen laying on a stilton table the same size. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well. Commercial. Yeah. Oh, I think, I think yeah. ethically, like, it's, uh, you know, like, if, if you're, you know, performing what they call an animal, it's not an autopsy, it's a vivisection in it, I think they call it. It's, a, you know, just to, just to cut it open and see what it's eating. Um, I mean, for the, for the sake of, like, uh, I mean, who knows? Like you could you could go and create a fishery there that gets gets looked after into the future and all that sort of stuff. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of if if buts and maybe's there potentially from from learning just those few small things, discovering what they eat and, and all that sort of stuff there. But uh, mm. it's it's very interesting. It's got to be it's got to be a real buzz and and up and above and beyond a job when when you when you're doing that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, it's awesome, man. Like to be able to go somewhere different and then yeah, try and try and help the fishery you're in for not only your own benefit but but for everyone mm. yeah. like i do a lot of tagging on my big barra yep yep the fisheries and it's like oh we want you to tag all the barra i'm like i don't chase small barra for one and yeah. <laughs> i'm not going to waste my time in a bite window trying to tag this thing and measure it i'm just going to shake it off at the boat <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I was yeah. going to say you're going to stand on the line, but not everyone's fly fishing, are they, I suppose? No, <laughs> no. <Nah, nah. laughs> nah, we, um, we get a bit of a mixture. It's uh, particularly that time of year. So. Mm. Hey, before we go to the that permit and, and move into bar, which we could organically do right now, I just want to know, I've got a bit of a question. What, why, 
why is this place undiscovered? Why? I mean, I, I don't want you to give away anything, and I hope it doesn't. I hope you can answer it without feeling uncomfortable with, with the answer. But why is this? Why is this new place opening up? Like, why is it? What's why? Yeah. Um, people just don't look hard for them up there. Like, we yeah. don't have a huge fly fishing fraternity. Most of them have really little boats. Um, access to a lot of the territory's coastline is really restricted by uh, Aboriginal land. Uh-huh. And um, there's another spot again that um, I do want to do a bit of exploratory fishing, which I've heard of bonefish coming out of as well. But, um, yeah, the territory is, is pretty wild in, in these remote places and, and only very few people. Like, this area has been fished. Like, obviously, that's how I found out about it, but it, it hasn't been guided for permit. So there's, there's never been pressure on it. Yeah, there's got to be. Um, there's got to be areas. Yeah, exactly. That have been fished, but not. I mean, that's a. It's a pretty specific form of fishing. Like to get someone who wants to, you know, hang in in waist deep or shallower water all day, you know, looking for those fish. It's got to be pretty unique, you know. Like it's. Uh, I mean, you must get you must get a lot of customers that sort of just smell the blood in the water with. Um, Barra and queenies and you know even even mackerel and tuna and all that sort of stuff and just get distracted from you know these, yeah. these flat species yeah. as well. The the hardest time I have with stuff like that is chasing sailfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. rolling around and there's tuna busting up all around us and everyone just wants to cast out. I'm like, just no, <laughs> please don't. Yeah, leave them alone. Yeah, with, with someone from uh, southeast Queensland gets up there and sees all these long tails, mate. Um, the dumbest yeah. long tails in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the mistake people make out there is they still try and match the hatch. Like they like I grew up in southeast Queensland. Like you guys know, like reaction baits, bright colours, like particularly pink on long tails is mm. dynamite. Like Mac tuna, bloody oath, match the hatch all day, but Yeah. But yeah, up there those things no one throws big pink stuff at them. Mm. And they're just suicidal. Like, as soon as the fly hits the water, they've taken it. Yeah. It's almost like they're rewarding, you know, imprecise presentations, you know, and I mean that in terms of, you know, casts off to the sides of the school, bigger flies, and just sloppy looking things, you know, they're, they're, um, can work to your advantage on long tails, eh? Yeah, bloody hell. They just, they can't help themselves when they see something big and like it's standing out from the bait school pretty considerably. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, what's that? Yeah. I'll have a bite and see. Yeah. 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 I'll grab it with my hands that are full of teeth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah usually so. when you're trying to pick up, grab your fly line to start stripping, the fly line's ripped out of your hand. Like, as you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Billy's up there. Um, is, it, uh, is, it, is it quite seasonal? Are they, are they there a lot of the year? It's seasonal. It's inconsistent. I, I don't. I don't try and book charters around billfish at all. Um, yeah. They are there, pretty. From about August onwards, there's usually a few around, but it could vary. Like some years, you might travel a day to see a couple. Yep. Um, some years, you travel a day, you'll see fifteen or twenty of them. Yeah. Right. Right. And we're talking sales or or marlin. Yeah, mostly sales. There are quite a few small marlin. Um, yep. I had a glass out day a few years ago and we were chasing long tails around with the fly rod. And mm. um, 
and I looked off in the distance and saw a bow wave and I said to my client, I was like, that's a billfish. And we've driven over to it and it was a little marlin, little black about oh, 70 centimetres long. Oh, cool. And, and it was like, cast at him. He's yeah. like, no, nah, it's a long time. I'm like, it's a billfish cast at the fucking thing. <laughs> and he's gone, he's just refused. I'm like, yeah. and then he's, it's come and just about headbutted the boat. It's yeah. like, oh, shit, it's a little marlin. Oh, yeah, I've been saying that for a while now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God, what a waste of money to go somewhere, pay a guide, then argue with your guide. <laughs> yeah, and like, even if it is a long time, like, even if you're 99% sure, like, that 1% chance is worth a free cast billfish. Yeah. What was he waiting for? I don't know. Like, like waiting for, a, like, a, a golden marlin to rock up or something like his. Oh, I, I don't know. to be swimming on the surface up there at the tuna schools. Yeah, like they're not all six foot long. Like, yeah, people got to get that out of their head with billfish. Yeah, coming all sizes. Yeah, but yeah, that, that one hurt a lot because, as you know, there's not many free cast billfish taken on the fly rod. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, and they can um, they can be pretty close to town sometimes, or are they fairly fairly um, fairly oh, far. Afield? They're a bit of a hike. They're a fair bit off the coast where they yeah. consistently turn up. But, What's uh, a fair bit off the coast for you? Ah, uh, minimum sort of twelve mile. Oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. It's it's a fair way. We, our water doesn't drop off for quite a ways up there. Yeah, right. And even then, we're still only in like at twelve mile. We're in fifty foot of water. Yeah, fifty foot. Yeah, you fit a bass in fifty feet sometimes. You know. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, it right. <laughs> That's true. Which, which is good for fly fishing. Like when you when you deep yeah. dredging, you're still only deep dredging in thirty foot. Yeah, right. Well, that'd be totally pretty, handy, pretty handy on the golden snapper and stuff like that too, right? Yeah, goldens, gold, goldies, and um, and jewies. Golden yeah. marlin. No, that's a joke. Yeah. That's a dumb joke. <laughs> <Gold> um, <laughs> <laughs> what 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 rig you got, mate? What what sort of boat are you running? Uh, I've got a 23-foot center console, um, which was made by Seastorm back in the day. It's like an aluminium longboat. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he does sell those aluminium longboats now with the same, sim- a really similar jig to mine. But, um, but yeah, they're, I don't know, fabricated in China. <laughs> yep. Send over, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't instruct anyone to get one, that's for sure. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's a, I mean, it, that's, so that's a, that's a, like a, an aluminium version of like a Southwind or a Godwin or something like that. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Very similar to sort of a Southwind without that big sort of bow toward the front end. Yeah. Uh, bit lower, lower profile in the water. So I don't get blown around. Yep. Yeah. It's um really, really capable by in wind and chop, but still sits in like 11 inches of water. Yeah. 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 That's the thing of those boats, eh? like they're just like that that short wind blowing shit. Like it just handles it so well, eh? Yeah, when you got seven plus meters behind you, you can sort of get up on top of two or three of them at once. Yeah, it was an awesome boat, boat in Morton Bay when I had it back here. Oh yeah, yeah. would have been yeah, would have been killer there for sure. Oh, it was awesome for long tails and and punching out the front for a little billy. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, got that in O six. So. Yeah. Yeah. So how diverse is your operation out there? Like, I mean, you do you you saying you specialise in big barrow, but what about stuff like Spaniards and, and and things like that as well? Yeah, it takes everything. Like, obviously, through the dry season, we have to diversify. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like runoff, you catch good fish on all tides. But um, for the rest of the year, you're sort of restricted with your tighter windows for chasing particularly big barra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, so we do need to fill the year, like chasing everything, chasing toga, chasing longtails, Spaniards, which have been a little bit slow this year, which is weird. Um, but the long tail's been really thick. Uh, what else we chase? Goldies, threadies, obviously. Goldies is in golden snapper. Yeah, yeah, yep. Finger mark. Yep. Um, black Jew. Yeah, a bit of everything. Queenies, Trevally, obviously. Yeah, bloody. Mm-hmm. Can't get away from them sometimes. Queenies. Yeah. <laughs> 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 little queenies can go there. I love big queenies. <laughs> little ones can just get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. May as well be a different species, though, I suppose. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's like anywhere we've got certain things that we sort of excel in up there. Um, I'm Barra crazy, personally. You are? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, mad for them. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's get into that, then, because I'm uh, pretty keen to hear about that, because most of your IG and, and stuff like that is, is, is filled with, with, you know, Barra. Like, it's it's interesting to hear about the other species, to be honest with you. Like, it's, uh, you know, most of the Barra you hold, like, your clients are holding up or are just, horses like crazy crazy big barra mate so what um so what what's it take to be a big barra specialist in in the northern territory obsession <laughs> <laughs> and i'm not yeah, surprised to hear that a little bit messed in the head i reckon <laughs> no like it's just committing to them and being confident enough to to keep at them when they're being pains in the ass and not take the easy way out and go chase a few small ones. Yep. Yeah, right. But, yeah, yeah, being obsessed with them is is the key. Is a good start. Yes. So, Ben, yeah. can, I, can I ask, is the, um, is the challenge in finding them or is it getting them to eat? Uh, the, the territory is a bit different from Queensland in that regard. Like, Queensland, I found the bar are much easier to find. They're much harder to get a bite from. Right. Um, I think due to size of our tides up there is the barra moves so much day to day so they're a bit easy to catch but they're harder to isolate where they're going to be gotcha radio yeah it's a it's a much different fishery to queensland a lot less deep fishing like most of my meter fish come in less than five foot wow mm-hmm. yeah it's um which is great i, I much prefer fishing shallow than deep mm-hmm. yeah. and obviously much better for fish and fly yeah, yeah. So that's going to be my next question. Large barrel on fly. Um, how viable is is the, are they as a target for you? And your yeah, hundred percent. Um, like I'm, I'm a firm believer that when a fish won't eat anything, it'll eat a, still eat a fly. Yeah, like especially sight casting barrel. Like you see them, um, just shine away from lures all the time. But if you put a good fly in front of them, like the subtlety of it, the fact that it's a natural material. Like sometimes with conventional clients, when they're sight cast and I'll even rig up a saltwater fly on a light spin rod, I get the fish are really, really flighty. Mm-hmm. And they'll take the fly when they won't take any kind of conventional lure. But, um, but yeah, the, the big barrier, like for instance, last, uh, last full run off, we won't count 2020 because none of us fished, but um, in 19, I'd been fishing a drain um, pretty heavily. For a week and catching a lot of meter plus fish out of it and um 
I went fishing with a couple of mates, went and scouted out another area, came back there, and uh, there was about half a dozen boats sitting on that drone. And, after uh, you after you left? Um, well, I'd been fishing it the days before. Oh, I sorry. Came, came back to it that day because sort of everyone had caught on to where the big fish were. Yeah. And um, oh, a boat left, made an opening for me, so I just poked the nose in. And um, my mate had three casts with the fly and got a metre-plus fish. In and front of all the lure chuckers, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I, I sang out to my mate. I was like, has there been any other fish here all day? Like, I thought it might have been going mental. Mm. And he's just like, no, nah, it's the only good fish all day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, those, that fish had probably seen 200 lures dragged past it. Yeah. As soon as it saw a fly, it took it. Huh. What type of fly was it? That was a horrible thing. Like, I didn't even have my kit with me. Yeah. My mate brought his, and I just searched for the biggest thing. It was like one of those old felties bait fish pattern Ooh. things with the big eye on them. It was a shocker. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've been scouting out an area that's not really a viable fly spot. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I didn't even chuck my stuff in. He just brought his, and uh, yeah, just smoked it. That's wow. That's, do, do you find you have to provide a lot of like people aren't rocking up there prepared to target big big fish i mean i'm sure that if they're in communication with you before they come on this trip you're, you're telling them but do you still find you have to um you know provide provide that as uh that, that that the artificial at the end of the day lure or fly for them yeah generally i i prefer it that way to be honest um, mm -hmm. i know i know how everything of mine is rigged and i held the line is like how recently i've respooled everything Oh, you're talking about everything, like the, like the rod, reel, line, lure, yeah, everything that you every, provide. Like, like, obviously, people are, are welcome to bring their own gear. Um, I find it more so with conventional gear because there is such a difference between, like, a saltwater barrel rod and a, and a runoff barrel rod. Um, oh, ex explain like, that. What do you mean? Uh, like, I fish heavy. Like, if I'm fishing conventional during the runoff, it's 50-pound and 100-pound litre. Yep. And... Yeah, don't give them an inch. Yeah, right, okay. You'll get someone in a tackle store in southern Australia, set someone up with a barrow rod, which is just I quite often leave it in the car. <laughs> like, nah, that's not going in the water. Like I'm not seeing a big fish tear off with a lure hanging out of its mouth and 50 metres of 30-pound braid. Just use, use the real gear and you'll have a chance. Yeah, wow, yep. And so with fly gear, it's a bit easier. You can say, I'll oh, bring a 10-weight or an 11-weight and uh, yeah. and get stuck in. Like, I've, I've got 12 with me all the time anyways. Mm. And, um, and I'm just finishing off some custom prototypes to get manufactured, uh, which are a bit more suitable to the to the country that we chase our big barrier in at that time of year. Hang on, you can't leave that one hanging. So... Uh, are you making getting some fly rods made for your operation? Is that what you mean? Um, I'll probably end up selling them. Oh yeah, they're pretty specific, like black bass, big barra, um, fly rods. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so what's what, what? A lot of fishing gear because they're just I can't buy what I need for the way that we fish at that time of year. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, what's what makes what? Can you explain what makes them so so specific? Length is the biggest part. You want them shorter? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I did run the mini mags with TFO back in the day, mm -hmm. the eight-foot ones, and they weren't they went too bad, but I do want shorter. 
So, Interesting. Yeah, it's <laughs> not for everywhere, but because you don't have to cast a long way. Like, they're 20-foot cast half the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. So, like, yeah. you can roll cast most of them, but it's when you hook that fish and it's going stupid in a creek and you're literally hand-lining it. And, yeah. um, and you've got a nine-foot rod getting bent under the boat. It just, um, yeah. You know, this this fascinates me, mate. Like, it's sort of, um, you know, they say uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And I always love seeing what people come up with, you know, particularly when they're not so, uh, you know, potentially infected by, you know, existing thought patterns. Because um, you, you get you end up with some really cool and innovative solutions to, to fishing, and that's where some some really cool progress gets made. This is yeah, cool. sort of. I'm manufacturing gear across the board, not just fly gear, but conventional yeah. gear as well. Just yeah, it it is purely out of necessity. Yeah, right, right. Um, how short? How short are you looking at them, Ben? If you don't mind me asking. Short, the shortest will probably be seven or seven two. I'm just um I'm just playing around with the grip spacings at the moment. Yeah, right. Eh? So that's like, uh, like, oh, well, Sage's got seven foot rods, don't they, Volts? I'm pretty sure. Uh, they, they used to. They used a seven foot 11. They, got, they, had, a series. Seven, they had a seven six. That, yeah, they were those junk, those bass rods made for peacock yep. bass. Yeah. yeah. What was the mini mag? Was the mini mag seven foot? Uh, eight. Was it? Okay. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was it. You could you could cast a full line on a mini mag quite that, easily. That was sick rods. Um, yeah. Yeah, I used to, I used to have TFO. Look after me back in the day, but moved over to Orvis. Oh yeah, I can see why you need um different rods then. Yep. Yeah. Only kidding. Only <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Only kidding. Only kidding. Orvis fans, relax. No one says that uh, everyone likes spaghetti. I'm just joking. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm only joking. Come on. I'm only joking. I'm no, definitely keeping them for my permit and for my saltwater stuff. I'm only. I just know that Orvis fish, Orvis, Orvis tackle junkies are like trout fishermen. They're just, they're very easy to tease, you know? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, can't man. be clear enough. I'm, I'm only joking, okay? Like it's, uh, I don't know if anyone's listened to this podcast before, but um, maybe if you're offended by that, maybe do some due diligence and maybe go back through some back catalogue and just see that we're nothing but clowns, rah, 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 you know? <laughs> that's it. If you can't have fun. Yeah, yeah got to have a bit of fun, mate. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's pretty interesting, man. It's, um... It's a it's a good chat. So yeah, that's um. So it's is it just what was it? What's this the length for? Like just the short striking or the work around the boat or um. Work around the boat and just dealing with a rod of that length in a creek that small that the direction changes you deal with. Like these creeks, I can barely turn my boat around in, mm-hmm. and they're they're what we're hooking the biggest fish in. It's a really really specific fishery. No one can quite understand it until they see it. Mm. Um, yeah, you're both basically tied up in a creek that's thirty foot wide, um, on a huge tide, and these fish are just filtering past you, hitting the bait that's coming out of these creeks with the fresh. And it's just the most awesome fishing ever. Mm. Wow, that yeah. sounds so. It's have you, got, have you got specific flies in mind for this fishery too? Uh, changes. I did tie a few of those Bufords this year. Uh, yep. the smaller Buford's. I wouldn't really call them a Buford. They're just a, <laughs> sort of halfway between a Buford and a Buckhead, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anything big, man. Like, honestly, they're not that fussy. It's getting it past their nose that's the key. Yeah, yeah. right. Have yeah. you, um, 
Have you had a look at those flat wing flies? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen ammo posting a fair bit. And uh, who's that ketter flying in yeah, weekly? Yeah. Al. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. got he, those two guys, uh, ammo and, and ketter, have got me horny for flat wings. Even I'm trying to play with them these days. <laughs> but, yeah, I've, I've I've talked to Al about this. He, he well, this is different. I mean, with he, we brought the subject up with flat wings and barra in empowerments, you know. And um, yeah, look, Al seems to think they work, but in, in my experience, I, I think that um, I don't know. I think you'd need so. I, I I would imagine. Well, I, in, a, in impairments, I think you'd need something a bit bulkier. Like it, uh, it might be a need to be a bit modified. There's no doubt that they don't swim. They just don't don't push water that, uh, a great deal, you know, I don't reckon, yeah, in comparison I, to – sorry, you're right? No, 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 I agree. Yeah. yeah. I, think. It, um, and I would imagine that in, in that in that turbid water, you know, like it's um, – you know, those, those fish are going to be wanting to feel something pushing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's – um, yeah, you definitely want some vibration getting put out there. Yep. Bufords and and bulkheads and stuff like that. Well, those, those um those reverse tied butts in there are going to be are going to be you know vibrating a lot of water. I'd imagine it'd be it'd be a good choice for sure. I'd imagine. Yeah, especially when they're up quite high and you like you're stripping an unweighted bulkhead across the surface and it's pushing that nice big bow wave. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, like a little bit more vibration is definitely the go in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, man, I hear what you're saying. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Those, those flat wings are, are super nice. If you could do, you know, geez, imagine, imagine a, like some sort of um, bulkhead slash flat wing would be, be a pretty crazy fly, that's for sure. Yeah. But, uh, they swim pretty nice. Like, I've, I've heard them referred to as, as the, the first game changers, you know, but um, right. yeah. Yeah, just the way they the way they move, the way that 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 feather being flat like that just um, articulates as water pushes over it, just goes from side to side. Mm. Same principle as the game changer, really. The way they the way the water acts on it, acts on it. Yeah, they um, they're a good looking fly, that's for sure. Yeah, being flat top and bottom, it, it won't go up and down like a dragon tail either. So it just swims side to side perfectly. It's great. But, yeah, uh, that would be perfect. I've seen a few of those. Um, I don't know what you'd even call them, but they got like a a tape almost as their tail. A tape. Oh, oh yeah, like what um, Giovanni de Pace ties. Yeah, like yeah. Wave tails, you call them. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I'd, I'd be keen to see them things swim. He, he just attaches them with glue. He doesn't tie. He, he ties in a little tag in them, but yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. They look good. They definitely look good for Instagram. Let's put it that way. But um, I'd just like to see one in the water. They make sense though. I, like they would. They could work. That's for sure. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things. What water time is what matters, really. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, man. You, you got to follow the beef if you're going to invest your time into a into a fly. I reckon it's got to got to um make sense on on paper at the very minimum. Even better to have results on on the water. Yeah, sure. like um, like all Halley's flies, like he fishes bloody hard. Um, what's his first name? Is it Ben Halley? Ben Halley. Um, yeah. He's a yank fellow. He chases striped bass all the time. BW. Ben. Oh, Wally. Wally, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's tying some great, great hollows. He's really lifted off where Andrew Warshaw took off, that's for sure, as far as his, um, you know, his beasts and bulkheads and, and hollows and stuff are concerned, for sure. But he's catching stripers too, you know, like yeah. he's catching, catching, like that's, that's, that's the, that's the great thing about that dude. Like he's, he ties some really awesome pop flies, but he, um, you know, he creates the beef too. You know, he's, he's he's catching fish for the flies that he's tying. He's not tying outside his lane at all. It's, it's really impressive. 
Yeah, yeah, I really like his gear. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, mate. I definitely agree. So it's um, yeah, the internet's the internet's full of uh, internet tires. That's for sure. Oh, there's so many of the fuck. It's it's just internet keyboard worries about everything. It's <laughs> yeah, there is. We, we should probably we should industry man. Like I can I'll pick up a rod off the rack and just look at it and go, this guy's never fished before. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and like, yeah, like, well, we we try to coin it on this on this show, you know, we say it, say it at the time, like, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I was talking to a dude this afternoon, didn't didn't understand what we meant by follow the beef, and I had to explain to him, you know, but uh, as far as um, you know, you just gotta like, you know, there's this there's just no point in um believing someone is giving you advice or selling you something if they can't show it working. At least, I mean, you'd expect it in so many other industries, you wouldn't buy. You wouldn't buy a um, a nine nine wheel car off someone unless you could see the benefit or the reason for it or see them using it or you know what I mean something ridiculous. Some of the most far out inventions you see and patterns and stuff. It's, it almost comes down to sculpture, you know, more than yeah. um, more than more than fishing. You know, it's a uh, yeah reminds me of competition casters as well. <laughs> <laughs> Arrow used to be good at competition cast, mind you. Did he? But he fishes as well. He's the best. Like he's god. Yeah, like most underrated fisherman of them all, like all all the Starlos and those sorts of wankers that he got famous. But Harrow knows more than a lot of them put together. Man, there's some there's some great fit for fishermen and fly fishermen in Australia that that don't stick their head up at all. You know, yeah. that's that's definitely for sure. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, it's uh, social media and YouTube definitely um, perpetuates you know, self self made stars. That's for sure. You know, oh, yeah. people giving themselves their own nicknames. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we spoke about earlier before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, there's some creative nicknames getting around. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like, and to the uninitiated, that they have nothing better to go on than and someone's online persona. Like, it's hard to. It's like being a fishing guy. Like there should be a fishing guide aptitude test, but there's no way to test like what makes you qualified to be a fishing guide. All you've got is to test is your um, marine qualifications. Mm. Like yeah. the territory is full of fucking clowns in like fishing guides. Yeah, like, like it is disgraceful. I've seen people fishing spin rods upside down with bait casters before. <laughs> I've seen guys. That had no alternator for an entire season and carried a battery that he'd take home and charge every day to jumpstart his motor. Wow. (laughs) It is ridiculous. And I feel really sorry for people that are looking to to go on a trip and all they've got to go off someone's website. And I just say to them, it's like, just look at social media for results, compare me to everyone else, and then, yeah, let me know. Mate, you're more than welcome to use our catchphrase of follow the beef if you want. <laughs> That'll work. Yeah. <laughs> follow the beef, mate. It should be a shirt soon, I reckon. Yeah. Follow yeah. the beef. You're an artist. You can do something, mate. <laughs> I, can definitely, I can definitely write follow the beef in some creative fonts. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found that, though. Like, most good fly tires are pretty artistic. Like, you've got to have that sort of a brain, especially to invent new flies. Yeah, but I mean, even like it's, you know, like there's guys who invent flies, like I said earlier, for sculpture, and there's guys who, who do it based on uh, like fishing, fishing experience, yeah. you know? 
Yeah. Like, um, like you with your new, like your rods that you got, like, and what Volti said, like, um, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, you know, like if you can see a, a gap or a reason or um, something that's missing there, you know, like uh, flight time is a great medium to, to fill that gap. That's for sure. But, um, but unfortunately it's a great, it's a great, um, it's also a great medium to um, create, create an Instagram account, you know, yeah. it's a, <laughs> you can tie it neatly and make it look nice. Yeah. Yeah. Stick it in the water and it's just a stick. Yeah. <laughs> yep pretty much it's um so it's, it's, it's just unfortunate but uh i don't know i mean it's all i mean probably like yourself it just it just comes from a place of like um you know creating that you know that that rising tide lifts all ships if people were held accountable more to proving what they claim you know like it only make people improve better you know it'd make people getting into the sport to see to see a a, a new minimum level you know I, I don't know i guess it just it comes from a good place that's for sure i guess but um I hope so. I hope, I hope that's how it comes across. It's um yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, there's nothing worse than people who make money out of an industry they're not even good at. Yeah, yeah. They're just preying, preying on people that don't know any better. Yeah, yeah. And that that's it. That's in itself. That's what I feel. That's the people I feel sorry for with that. You know, really, it's the people that don't that don't know any better. I guess it's um it's just a shame to see you know people get torn. Which direction do I turn? Well, simple, my friend. Just follow the beef. You know. <laughs> just follow the beef man if someone hasn't got the results that you're chasing and and they're preaching that they know the answer well in this day and age and i mean how many years has it been since everyone's phone's got a camera on it we really should be able to see it by now let's face it yeah it's like the bigfoot bloody sightings seem to dry dry up once uh, the camera phones came out <laughs> yeah that's true yeah yeah uh, yeah everyone's dick got smaller angles, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta work gangles, mate. And you and you gotta get those uh the the two seventy five mil coke cans, mate, not the three seventy five mil. Oh man. Yeah. It's yeah, so it's just, yeah, just um yeah, I, I we've said it before on, on the podcast that look if if you don't have to take photos, but if you if you wanna talk big, you know, or you wanna show off, for fuck's sake, take a photo or just risk being thought you're a dickhead, you know? Yeah, it's, exactly. it's not hard. You know, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. have all talk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, don't don't whinge about not having any cred if you if you've got nothing to back it up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a funny funny game. Eh? Like it's um, we we talked, spoke about the comps earlier on on off air and so that. Like it, there's a whole lead up to where we're at at the moment because it's um, you know, you get more more. You used to be like uh, persecuted for for you know talking bullshit. Now now you you get persecuted for calling people out for bullshit. You know, it's um. Yeah. Pretty crazy, but I guess that's all the all the fly fishing participation comps probably um probably yeah made this happen. Who knows? But uh, yeah. I don't know. Most of the fly comps that I've I've seen around here are all been like you know get get a prize for showing up, but um um not all of them. Some of them though, that's for sure. But yeah, it's um like I was saying before the podcast, a lot of people use fly fishing as something to hide behind while they're fucking useless. Ah yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. yep. With fly, about the same thing. Fly guides in the territory. It's like they tried to be conventional guides and couldn't catch big fish. Mm. So it's like, oh, we'll start fly guiding so we can keep catching small fish and make our our tackle as the excuse. <laughs> it's yeah. an interesting discussion, eh? When something's when something's perceived by hard by most of the people, the um the expectations that uh, people set on themselves get low lower as well. When fly fishing is definitely not not that not that sport. I mean, it's hard. It's definitely hard. It takes a bit of a grind, but 
it sorts people out, that's for sure. But once yeah. once you get past that grind, like it's it's just a super effective form of fishing and, and very very rewarding form of fishing. Yeah, for sure. But initially, like a lot of us take it up to try and challenge ourselves more in a fishery that we're finding a little bit easier. Mm. And um, but yeah, it's it's not everyone, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you fly fish before you uh, moved up there? Yeah, I think I got my first fly when I was about nine. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I talked mum and dad and get me one from yeah. the old. That old Mossops, that was it? Um, Buranda? Oh, hang on. Is that, I'm going to say Cracknell Street, but that was Annerley, wasn't it? Cracknell yeah. Street. Um, it, it's right near Annerley, though. It's yeah, not far yeah. from Annerley, it's like um, near the PA Hospital. Yeah, yeah, that's actually, I got my first fly rod from there, too, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a, mine was a GL389 Mega um, in, in the two piece. And, um, the guy who I bought it from was uh, Chris Pritchard, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he worked at Tackle Warehouse before I was there as well. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. But, you know, the tackle industry is like everyone's just a slut. They go around, work around everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it's, uh, the, uh, so you, you were at Tackle Warehouse, and I think that's where um, I, I first ran into you, that it's uh, one of the best – sort of fly sections, I guess, in, in an in-store tackle experience, you know, in Queensland at least. It's, um, yeah, you know, pretty yeah. pretty crest for them in Queensland, hey? Um, I, I think without that trout market, you just yeah. you lose a lot of the, Like, I love the fly shops in Tassie. Yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, Tackle Warehouse is, is probably the biggest fly section I've seen in North or anywhere, mm. Tassie, anywhere but a dedicated fly shop. And and being um you know you when you were when you were living in Brizzy you're quite an avid fly fisherman right yeah yeah we used to um, used to chase a bit of everything around home yeah right I used to yeah. love chasing snapper in the bay on fly that was um really effective too like it's like anything it, if people fish too something too hard with a with a certain presentation like fishing soft plastics or vibes and that sort of thing and we'd pull out the fly rod and and have a slow sinking, small, glittery. You just used to tie these massive, like, vampires for them. And, um, yeah, slayed them back then. Well, we, we spoke about this on a show a little while ago, saying the, saying the same thing. Basically, yeah, like, I used to call it a snapper vampire, and it was an extremely effective way of catching snapper. That was on the Sunshine Coast, but um, maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe a little yeah. bit. It, it was, what bay was really good because it's so bloody shallow. Like, yeah, I was just about to say that um, it, it, it's probably a little bit different fishery. That was, we were fishing reefs that the shallow reefs on the Sunshine Coast are probably still, you know, 20 feet, you know? Yeah, we, we weren't far off that. We were probably like 12 foot most of the time. Yeah. Mm, the, yeah. The back of my island. And, yeah, just striper four lines and there we go. Oh, you like the fast sink, fast sink lines on? Yeah, like it was still, because you were sort of drifting most of the time. It oh, wasn't like plummeting. Yeah. But, yep. um, but yeah, did you yeah. find the same thing? Like, if you if you stripped it too hard, that you wouldn't get as much success as a a really slow, almost stationary moving fly. Almost dead drifting. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what we said on the show a little while ago as well. It's definitely definitely a super effective. It's a great place for people to start fly fishing, particularly deep as well with snapper. Like they're they're way easier than bass, and they're sort of about the same similar technique, I suppose. And you can move that stuff onto. Once you get good with that, you know, being accurate around, around, you know, around the markets for coves or something like that, or 
you know, even searching out bloody tuna, like um, underneath Max, Mac tuna schools or singles off bait, off sounders and stuff like that. But snappers a great way, an easy way to, an easy way to, well, not, not easy, but it's um, it's a great place to start for for dredging, eh, for sure. Yeah, they are the flathead of the deep water. Yeah, well said. Exactly. Yeah. Super aggressive. Um, yeah. If it gets past them, they're pretty keen on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a good way of putting it, really. And that's um, yeah. No one means to insult flathead masters, but um, let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> I still love chasing flatties. They're awesome. Yeah. Cheap thrills. Hey, hey yeah. Ben, just while uh, we're on the topic, mate, did you enjoy chasing Morton Bay singles? Was that sort of um, on the on the on the menu back then or not? Morton Bay singles. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about? Here? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit. It's a. It's a bit of a squirrely track that one, mate. To uh, to head down. I mean, you. Get, it's up to you which direction you take with that answer. Really, at the end of the day. <laughs> We're um, talking about big, big long tails, you know. Yeah, single, yeah, single. That's exactly where I was going, and then I was sort of like, "Hang on a minute." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you must be talking about the Morton Bay Singles Club that met yeah, on Mud yeah. Island, right? Gordon yeah, <laughs> McDonald used to go down there all the time. No, I did think you were talking about those big rogue bastards and that. I, um, yeah, I never managed a real big one. Got a few blind, like a few blind casting, like sort of picking their their tracks and getting in line of them. Yeah, but God, oh, they were the most frustrating things. Same with those the shallow water Harvey Bay ones, like roaring around those real big fish. They used to drive me mad. Mm. Yeah, that's chair yeah. fishing in yeah, South isn't it? It's part yeah. of the. When it comes off, it's good. You know the the challenge. You know, I keep coming back to the challenge of. If you you know you're chasing something that swims swims twenty k's an hour roughly even faster, and you know you're you're putting that the chase for that fish into that tiny slice of ocean where you know your your fly and opportunity intersect. It's it can be a real fucking challenge, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, you've caught more of them than anyone, I reckon. <laughs> I've caught. You know, I've been fortunate. You know, Chris has got a few, and they're just I, I just love them, eh? And um and those those Harvey Bay ones on the flats or. Even Morton Bay, there's a few, you know, on a good year, you might you might get them on some of the shallow shallower banks around, you know, Bribey and that. Um, yeah, you know, man, that's not... Comby Euro's got some good flats for tuna as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, so, don't I say that out loud on the podcast? Apologize. <laughs> but they're not always there. And, um, and, yeah. <laughs> no, they are. They are. They definitely are. All the time. Go up there, everyone. Have a look. Wes, that's you, mate. <laughs> so check, out, check out Castaways while you're at it too. Inside Western Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a good. What about um, what about this, Ben? I mean, in in Morton Bay, last few years, I mean, you've been you've been around for a long time. You've seen, um, we've seen a an increase not just in Morton Bay. We're just talking about it, uh, Sunshine Coast, but an increase in shark predation on fish. Um, everywhere, man. The territory is the same. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Like, I didn't get a fish shark for the first five years I was there. And now I can barely go a day. Really? Yeah, if I'm blue water fishing, like I would put money on getting a shark at least once a day. Right. Um, now. But yeah, first five years I did not get a shark by one. Like not even once. Wow. And then it just started to escalate a few years ago. Like all all the Trevally spots got infiltrated, like big lemon sharks. Um, like true lemon sharks. The yep. whale type shark, not territorial okay. for some reason called tawny nurse sharks, lemon sharks, I don't know why. <laughs> but um, I think it's 
Yeah, I'm not going to say why. But um, <laughs> it's the bad yeah. deer, isn't it? Oh, it's, I don't know what it is. I think the, the heat. heat. The heat. NT lager. Everyone's a lemon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Ben, you were saying that the sharks are really escalated now. You know. There's two schools of thought we get from people. There's like, you know, you know commercial fishing, you know, we can no longer target large sharks, um, you know, and we're not commercial fishers, but, you know, obviously that gets thrown around a lot. And, and then there's people who are arguing that there's, um, you know, there's obviously some sort of unseen or un, unrecognised or un, misunderstood uh, misbalance with, you know, the ecosystem in the ocean and resulting in a whole lot more, more sharks. Yeah. To me, like... It is a misbalance. If you're going to take something's food, you have to take it proportionally. Um, yeah. Ideally, they'd stop taking their food and just crawl into a hole and die somewhere. Yeah. But uh, I don't have any love for commercial fishers. Right, yeah. But um, people won't like this either, but like, dolphins are the same. You, if you kill their food, you have to kill them or you're creating... Yeah, as you said, a huge imbalance in the ecosystem. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's shit. I mean, the same, same thing happens on land, though, you know. It's, uh, it, it, you know, like if you, you take a predator's um, predator's food away, that predator becomes, the imbalance happens right there. I mean, um, sorry, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it happens with dogs. I hear it happens with wolves overseas in some places as well, like that, that imbalance. Um, so it's not unique to, to, the, to, to the sea. That's just right. It's yeah. common. It's common sense, really. What what you're saying makes perfect sense. I mean, it, it could probably even be related to, you know, all sorts of things. Really, you know, the well, balance balance applies to a lot of things in life. That's for sure. Well, you look at the the American wildlife model is is the most sophisticated environmental management program in the world. Like they allocate a certain number of animals that like deer and elk and, and moose and everything like that. A certain yep. number of them that can be killed by the recreational public. Yeah. They'll manage that, watch that population, watch the predator's population. As soon as the, the predator's population explodes too much, they'll either issue tags for predators mm -hmm. or they will um, send their own shooters out to knock the predators back to bring everything back in line. It's, yeah. Uh, and and that's, that's sound and proven too, isn't it? Like it's, you know, like it, that... You know, it's an unpopular view with with vegans um, for obvious reasons. But you know that that style of management can only come through you know great participation, and great participation leads to a better understanding through funding for for those yeah. programs. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Like in America, a certain percentage of every every firearm sale, like even if you're going to shoot a target, a percentage of your ammunition sale goes to wildlife management. Yep. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's Fast Pro Shop, um, Cabela's, anything. They're mm -hmm. paying a certain percentage of their bottom line or their gross to go back into conservation. Now, we, we've got fishing licenses, we've got boat licenses, we've got boat rego. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like any of that is going back into it. Right, like, yeah. Like, as a recreational fisher, I, I'd gladly pay any license fee you want if it meant they use those licenses to get rid of the pros. Yeah. Mm. But... That's not the case. The fisheries, fisheries wages are paid by the pros. Yeah, it's just just the way it is. Like we've got baronetters in the territory; they're all scumbags. But <laughs> there's 
there, what is there a small number though, isn't there? Or is there only a small number of rivers they can use? Is that correct? Eleven licenses. Um, yeah, they they're not allowed at Shady Camp, which is where I'm not fishing. They're not allowed in Bina Harbour, which yep. is where I do a lot of my sight fishing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they they knock populations around. They knock medium class fish, sort of sixty to eighty around. Yep. Um, they don't target big ones, and the, the big ones can't get their heads through those nets. Gotcha. They just bounce off them. Yeah, yeah. Like they might get a, their lips caught. Like a really big fish might get their lips caught in it and die. But yeah, but they're not. They're not wholesale murder and big breeding class fish for the most part. So, so Ben, do you, do you know if they're using a? Um, sorry to interrupt, mate. Um, did. Do you know if the fisheries management model is like a total allowable catch or is it just a free-for-all? Those 11 free. pros can just catch as many as they want. Free-for-all, it's a it's a season. Right, yeah. And in the past, it, it was never an issue. Um, we had a bunch of old pros that had one licence each. They just went, went and got their beer money and went home. Right. And now they've been bought out by some West Australian fuckwit. And, um, yeah, he's... He accumulated the licenses because he had inside information that there was going to be a big buyback at um, some ridiculous amount. So he got them dodgy to begin with, and now he's stuck with them because there was no buyback. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's a bit of a shit fight at the moment. He's only hitting certain rivers. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, is, is he on the tools himself, this guy, or is he um, still mate, living in West Oz? Sits in WA. Yeah, right. Okay. So yeah. He's just. He's just taking it. He's just doubled down on buying these licenses, and instead of getting his payout, he's um, he's just gone. He's just he's just going hard on on uh, making money on them, right? In a ruthless yeah. fashion. It's um, it's shit to see, but yeah, we're just sort of dodging him at the moment, like staying away from the rivers that he's hitting. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, it's so sad to see. It's yeah. so it's so disheartening. So unmotivating to to hear what what happens there. But yeah, like we it's said on the show before, like Harvey Bay, like. All, and they netted all the big goldens. No, I I have seen a few photos of some goldens coming out of Harvey Bay again recently, though, which is promising. Yeah, those people need to need to keep their fucking mouth shut. You know, yeah. <laughs> 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 don't, all the newbies don't know where those fish live anyway. Nah, nah. No, well, some of some of some of some of the grommies, mate. They do that many yards that they just they stumble on shit and they, oh look, everyone, look what I did, you know. And it's just um, you know, they they don't know, they don't, they don't know what can happen, you know. Like it's uh, it's just amazing. Like I, yeah, particularly that place, you know, you got you got to hide your fish. You can't show any background like that. Otherwise, next 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 week, it's fucking George Street up there, you know. Yeah, it's pretty easy to landmark that joint. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is, you know. It's uh. Yeah pretty hard when there's nothing but blue and horizon it's a pretty easy photo to t- can be a pretty easy photo to take like that you yeah, know i do i do a lot of um like luckily we we catch a lot of our biggest fish on the coast and yeah. it's like all right put you back to the horizon <laughs> i'll take your photo yeah yeah flip photos if there's no writing on someone's hat or their shirt or something flipping a photo never hurts either <laughs> that's that's a good idea <laughs> <laughs> i've never thought of that before oh yeah uh, works a treat <laughs> like, what are you doing fishing at sundown? I'm like, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, someone's going. In. <laughs> Man, it doesn't surprise me you think like that. Like, I like it's um, you know, I know you got a couple of pages on Insta, but one of them's um, one of them's filled with um, some pretty pretty nice photography. Eh, you you're a bit of a photographer. Yeah, it's um, 
just something I get into in my time off. Like I, I sort of grew out of spending my time in pubs and that, chasing sheilas around. And I'd rather just go and chase animals around most of the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the um, so I mean, this has got to be part of the reason for the the move to the to the territory, then, yeah. Or, or I mean, there's plenty around here as well, I guess. But I mean, some of this stuff that you got, like it's um, mate, the like, are you are you a, like? I hope I say this right because this could be really brutalized <laughs> if it comes out wrong. But herpetology <laughs> is, that, is that is that what, you, that what you're into? I'm not qualified or anything. I was an environmental scientist at uni. Um, that's yep. what I studied. But now nah, I just um, always yeah. been drawn to reptiles. There's something about them, and if I can't go fishing, then sort of want to go. I like I like reptiles too, mate. What uh, what's your dream uh, dream reptile to to fight, photograph up there, mate? Uh, trying to get an anti mulga, but um, right. well, sorry, a Darwin region mulga, but they're almost effectively extinct in the area because of the cane toads. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I've only heard of one spotted in the last year, and that was a roadkill. Oh man, that's a shame. Yeah, it's really sad. We um, we also I know everyone's into this whole fire management thing in in like um after the bushfires down south, and yeah, it is important to manage places with back burning, but it's really really overdone in the territory. Yeah, right. So we've got a really limited small mammal population up in in sort of the northern like the Darwin Daly district. Mm-hmm. Everything gets burned every year. Every tree you drive past on the way to go fishing, at some point this during the dry season, that'll be on fire. And <laughs> um, and it sort of destroyed the native grass population. Right. A lot of the native habitat for small mammals. So we don't get a heap of the lapids like like your um like brown snakes and yep. and black snake family. We get a lot like there are a lot of death adders up there and they're probably my favourite snake that I've found up there. Right. What's the other side of the elapids? The, the colubrid, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, you got elapids, colubrids. Um, colubrids. Yeah, yeah, they're all your, they're all your fun ones, like brown tree snakes, green tree snakes. Um, yeah, mainly non mainly non venomous, aren't they? Colubrids, yeah, right? only, only the brown is is like mildly venomous. The rest of it's pretty much non venomous. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah. so with the, like, you see, to go back to that, I mean, I, I was interested, but it sort of deviated with that. Like, yeah, herpetologists got, got herping, like, out there, like, um, you look like you're out spotlighting at night, like, you actually physically go out looking for them at night, is it? Because, yeah. I mean, otherwise it looks like studio photography, but I'm guessing that you're just picking them off at night, eh? Yeah, pretty much at night. Um, it's just the easiest time, especially for road cruising, like, just... Mm. Is that what most of this is? Uh, predominantly, yeah, either I find I'm fishing, like, most of my wildlife stuff, my daytime stuff's when I'm fishing. Um, yeah. But most of the snake stuff at night is is road cruising. Yeah, right. Okay. I mean, some of it's, it's great photography, mate. I must commend you on that. Like, it's um, there's a there's a blackhead python there. I can see it looks like it's in a studio or something. It looks like now they're saying that. I'm guessing it's probably hanging over the back patio while you're having a beer or something. Eh? Nah, nah. A, a Sheila uh, by the name of L was hanging on to it at that point. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Chicks love chasing snakes. It's, that's my go-to first date. Yeah, it's on your Tinder profile, just like a a big python, like an actual python, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not too many spots on that one. Hey, ben, <laughs> do you do you ever get out to um out Jabiru Way to look for the, what is it, Owen Pelly python or that really rare one out there? Um, I've done one night just sort of scouting. Um, it's been 
closed to some degree. Um, most of the places you can't get into after dark now. Right. There were a few guys that poached them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They're turning up in all sorts of places. Like, they have been. They're, they're rare as hen's teeth, but they're, they are an attainable target if you went and put the time in. So, yeah, they have been poached. All right. Uh, What's so special about them? World's rarest python. Yeah. Is it? I've never yeah. heard of it before. They're That's only, how rare it is. They're only in, like, a 100-kilometre range. Right, okay. And they're, um, and they're an awesome snake. They're, like, they're so... Um, rarely documented that they don't really know exactly how big they get. They could be Australia's lo- longest python, but um, oh yeah, yeah, they're up there towards the scrubby. Yep, but um, yeah, really cool, really slender. The only relatives are the scrubbies, and yeah, they can get bloody huge. Mm. And they change like they have a night, like they change colours at night and day, don't they? Like they, they yeah, most colour. Yeah vary a bit they're they're really pretty snake i i haven't been lucky enough to run into one but i would like to put some time in if i can get some access to them after dark mm. yeah right are they on to land yeah yeah yeah, yeah. once you cross into kakadu you're in um aboriginal land and yeah, so yeah. the other side of the roper so. yeah right uh mate um I'm guessing with your time in the water as, as a as a full time guide, full oh well, got full time seasonal guide. I guess you could, it's the best way to describe it, right? You don't work all year. Nah, so, nah. nah. work probably work more days than most guys. Probably 150 to 200 days a year. Yep, yep. But I like taking this time of year off. Like July, I'll, I'll generally take off. Yep, yep. Um, well, I was leading towards um, um, the crocodile shots and stuff like you got. Like yeah, access, you must have some great access to some wild croc sort of uh, action, right? Yeah, it's um, it's awesome dealing with them every day. Like I was obsessed with them as a kid. I just read crocodile books cover to cover over and over again, and um, you know, I get to deal with them every day, mess around with them. You must you got any uh, freak stories? Um, I've had a few. Like have a go of the boat. How does that work out? What do you mean, have a go at the boat? Generally, when you're catching fish after fish, like if you're on, particularly in billabongs, like you might be on a really hot Saratoga bite and you're catching a fish every cast and they're jumping around and going crazy and, yeah, the croc wants its tax and then you rip, uh-huh. it, rip it out of the way and it's got the shits and comes in out of the chew on your motor. So would this be, in that circumstance, would that be a croc that's, that, that has seen your boat before or are they likely to act like that on the first day I've ever seen you? Um, in my experience, um, there's been crocs that rarely see boats. Yeah. Like some, there are some that, that want your frames in certain areas where people fillet fish regularly. And um, and those ones, they'll come right up to you. But they won't usually crack the shit that year if you don't give them one. But, um, yeah, you get some cheeky ones. Like I've got a little billabong I fish. Uh, land-based for toga late in the season, sort of October onwards, just walk mm-hmm. the banks. And um, there's a croc about 11 foot in there. and Fuck. He'll <laughs> always come roaring out after a fish. But once you give him one, he's fine. And, <laughs> oh, right, okay. Yeah. So, you mean, so they're not, I mean, they're not a, a cranky animal. Uh, I mean, I already know the answer to this question, but I mean, like, it, you're finding they're not, not a, I mean, I guess people would want to be interested just to know whether they're a, a cranky animal that's going to, like, eat like a 
you know, when you see movies where people chuck a stake at a Rottweiler in a backyard and it still just chops it down and keeps running after you? They're not like that at all. No, nah, no. Nah, like, you throw it. There'll be one sitting on the bank. You throw a frame at it and it won't even look at it. <laughs> you just pretend like, <laughs> how does it even know I'm alive? Why did it throw it at this log? I'm, I'm yeah. not here. Yeah. <laughs> they're assholes, like, and they all have their own personality. Uh, this year, there's been a, quite a lot of incidents with them. Right. Whether or not that was because we had quite a good runoff, so everyone was fishing and there was a lot more contact. Um, yeah, it's hard to really quantify why you get bad years and good years. It was like surfing last year on the East Coast. Like, everyone was off work, so everyone was in the ocean, so there were more shark attacks. Mm. But, um, yeah. but, yeah, like, this runoff was awesome. There were, yeah, one one group of young fellows had, had a good one, end up in the back of their boat, have a crack at one of them. What? In the middle what happened the there? Yeah, yeah. Was, like, they're calling it five metres, but really had... I don't know if they were experienced enough to really estimate a croc as it's flying into their boat. Five, a five. How big is their boat, dude? Is this like a barge? Like, I mean, no, it was um, <laughs> it was a sort of twenty, low twenty foot um, glass center console, like sort of more of a reefy shape than a barrow boat shape. But so, uh, the, so this thing's like three quarters the size of their boat and in the boat. Yeah, it came in the boat in the middle of the night. Fuck. Oh, like, they were standing up fishing and had a crack at one of them. He had a big, big rash down the side of him. Hang on. What do you mean? So, what do you, who had the rash? What, what are you talking the guy, about? The guy that was fishing. Yeah. So, what he reckons that, like, that, like, he, he's got, like, got a heap of bark taken off him from the croc, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Like, I jumped in the boat trying to grab one of them. <laughs> no way. Man, yeah. this is, that sounds so laconic. Yeah, jumped in the boat, gave him a rash, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, that, I'll send you the thing as an um Oh wow. Yeah. Why did we not why did did you hear about this, Volts? I didn't hear anything about this. Oh, but then you're not out listening to the news or nothing, but I mean, if it happens in the territory, it you know, like that stays get, in the territory. You know, look look at that. I mean the territory's classic. I, I get up there for work maybe once a year or so and I love when you get there, it's just got that Darwin's still got that frontier feel about it, you know. People say what the fuck they want. People do what the fuck they want. You know, look at the NT Times, that newspaper. It has, you know, headlines like um, groom injured by flying dildo. At That's Buxton. my favourite one too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it just goes. Anything goes if it, compared to Brisbane. They still have Kraken Night. Hey, what's happening with Kraken Night this year since they had lockdown on a Territory Day? Yeah, I think. They were saying that they were going to postpone it, but maybe they might have just canned it all together. I'm not, not 100%. I, I, as soon as the lockdown came through, I got the hell out of there. Yeah, right. Uh, yep. like, if I can't work, yeah, I want to be surfing. Surfing. Have, yeah. have they had COVID up there, have they, in Darwin? Yeah, we had someone flying from Brizzy to a mine site, and he gave it to a few other miners, and it got her. They were the first times we actually had it. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. We were pretty much unscathed with it. Gnarly, yeah, that's crazy, eh? Yeah, like, like we lost all our work, obviously, because all our work is domestic travel last year. But um, yeah, but in terms of community stuff, we haven't had any. Mm. It seems like we're probably not out of the woods for a while yet. Anyway, still, nah, I think this is just going to be it every winter. Like they're all going. It's like, oh, it's not a, nothing about the time of that at the time of year. It's like, well, why the fuck does it keep happening in winter everywhere? Yeah, yeah. worse in colder day? places. Yeah, the UK and America were fucked during our summer, when, which was their winter. Now we're fucked in our winter. Mm. And, um, 
Oh, like it might not be anything to do with the virus. It might just be that people in Victoria and Sydney in winter hang around inside together a lot more. Mm. Well, because the air's the air's a lot drier. It might be uh, communicating easier. Who knows? But it definitely seems to be worse in winter. Yeah. Well, air gets circulated. People close their windows, all that sort of stuff as well. It's you know keep warm and mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. People yeah. wash their hands less in Victoria in general. Uh, I think yeah. that title goes to the New South Welshman now, mate. But uh, you know, I oh, know they. <laughs> They gave it back yesterday, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they win Origin, mate, and they just forget to wash their hands. You know, like it's, just oh, got a, I don't think you can count any footy in the last two years. Anyway. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, guys, I've got to tell you, while we've been talking, Queensland won game three by two points. So suck a fat, New South Welshman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take that. Ads McLaughlin, who's that texting. That the biggest kick in the nuts, like you you just smashed them and won the, won the trophy and then they do in the last game and you've got to hold up the trophy after losing the game. <laughs> so empty, hey, you know. Yeah. yeah. better off, buddy. If, it, if it's already won, just don't even have the third game. Yeah, well, where do you go from here, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, is a bit of, there is a bit of glory in, in 3-0, though. Yeah. As we, as we would know as Queenslanders so often, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty used to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, be good. Not a, a big deal when it happens all the time, but yeah. <laughs> winning becomes a habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. good. I was about to check it on my phone. I've been following it along, mate. It was, it was pretty pretty close uh, for a while. I think we were out to twenty twelve at one point, and then uh, they came back, but we held on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they, they got all most of their points through Latrell Mitchell, I think. So anyway. Yeah, he seems like a good player. Oh, he's he's like Greg Inglis all over again yeah, in a way yeah. he dominates. Yeah. Young Inglis, big, big bastard too. Yeah, yeah, can play. But I don't think Inglis ever had the arrogance that, that Latrell has, you know. Um, Gen- generation difference, I reckon. Maybe, yeah. They're all a little smart-ass cunts, yeah. <laughs> you can bleep that, can't you? No. Oh, yeah, we can, but we're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> we don't do a lot of editing here. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an El Natural podcast. No, that works for me, mate. One of those things. Call yeah, mate. Spade a spade, be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're in New South Wales now, but um, we want to, we want to reflect Territorians on the show as best we can as well. So that was perfect, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's one of those things, like. Yeah. You, you can't fake who you are. Yeah. No, nah, mate. If you fake who you, as a charter guide, if you're faking who you are, you get the wrong type of clientele and you just don't mesh with them. That's, yeah. It's a really like, good point. Yeah. I've got a few clients that I don't mesh with. Like, they're usually new clients who've just found me on, on Google or just or social media or something like that. And, and we, like, we'll get along and we'll catch fish, but, like, you just don't click. And, yeah. And you're not going to see him again, and that's fine. Mm. And it leaves space for you to find someone who you do click with. Especially as a real, like, I'm really busy through those peak seasons, and there's only a limited number of days, and I, I want blokes that I have a good time with. Mm, and yeah. that'll fish hard and, yeah, get up whenever I tell them to get up, stay out as late as, as I think we're going to catch a fish, and, and just go bloody hard. So you'll do that for a client? You're not a clock watcher. You'll just go, this is when, you know, the fish might be coming on a bite. 
now. It means I'm going to get home fucking late, but the client's going to have a good time and I'm going to have an enjoy, enjoyable day. Let's do it. Is that the style? Yeah, it's, it's all about catching fish for me at the end of the day. But I'll also say to someone, it's like, well, it might be a bit earlier than we usually get off. And I was saying, it's like, we're not going to catch another fucking fish. Like, we can keep fishing if you want or you can go and jump in the pool. Yeah. yeah. Or like, like with some of my regulars who I'll take out at night time, I'll just go, oh, we can... We'll fish the morning bite period, go back, go, oh, you want to go to sleep for a few hours and we'll come back out and fish the night period. Mm-hmm. Um, That'd be, I don't know why people balk at that. Like, what an experience. Like, I mean, you might be, you know, you should consider your company slogan of like, uh, vision sports fishing, Northern Territory, you'll sleep when you're dead. Let's do it. Yeah. If I saw a god operator do that, man, I'd be like, that's the one. That's me, you know. Like, I've always been a firm believer that, like, the best guides are people obsessed with catching fish. Like, yeah. Like, you want your guide to want the fish more than you do. Mm. Like, yeah. And, like, there's there's not that many of them left. Like, like Eddie Lawler and X-Mouse, prime example. Like, I, I really like Eddie. He's a good, great fella. Oh, he's a machine. He fucking but, loves what he does, eh? Like, it's his driving passion, you know? That's yeah, a, yeah. Like, you that. get a day off and you go fishing anyway. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and you see in any video of, of Eddie's boat, if it pans up to Eddie, he's got this fucking amazing grin on his face. Like, he, this is where he would would rather be nowhere else than right now, you know, backing down on a big blue marlin or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you're not like that. You're in the wrong job. Yeah. Yeah, but, good point. yeah there's, there's a lot of people who shouldn't be fishing guys who make their business out of chewing people's ears off. Like, yeah. I, I get chatted some. My complaints generally come from people who aren't fishing, like aren't fishermen. Like they're there, they want to have a, a wetland tour, <laughs> or like, yeah, it's just people that I don't, I don't gel with. Like we're there to catch fish. Yeah, right. And go as hard as possible. And yeah, just one thing. Right. I'm not going to change anything. That's for sure. I, I might be starting like a, a whole new rabbit hole here at like re, like really close to the end of the show, but I mean like um why do you, why do you reckon the Northern Territory has been sheltered as a um as a as a really well known fly fishing destination? Um, I don't know. We we never really had enough guides doing it. Like we only ever really had Graham, mm-hmm. and he fished one area just did the same like the same circuit like i'd fish the systems on the same tides and you you can set your watch by where he'd be on the first day of his trip at this time and he just it was just groundhog day yeah yeah, yeah fair he, enough he caught a lot of fish over the years like particularly when the fishing was easier like everywhere used to be easier yeah but um I mean, we we used to see Rex Hunt go up there and uh, and up Croker Island and catch you know and Steve Starling and catch you know threadies and stuff in the on drains stuff on Gibbons Bard and Blacks and stuff like that. But uh, there's just not a not not a lot of um, you know footage around you know like showing it. You know, really, there's not a lot. There still isn't a lot of media about it. And I guess that's why I worded the question the way I did. You know, maybe I'm not aware of it, but it's. I yeah. mean, would you would you say that it doesn't get exposed? For its fly fishing yeah. um, potential, as best yeah. as best as it could be, and part of that is because the guys that have been there have been dinosaurs, like the fly guys. Like they had, it's sort of like Weeper, where the guys have got their regulars that they take every year. 
Mm. They don't really push their fishery forwards because they don't need to. Mm. Whereas, yeah, and Graham was the same. He had his clients that he took on on the same tides every year. He had a full season with the same old guys until they started to die because mm. they were all the old old school trout guys that would come up. Oh yeah, but um, and you know what? If if they were catching fish and having a good time, and you know everyone was happy, right? He, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's one thing. One thing's being a, uh, I mean, you're obviously a very motivated charter operator, and I guess I would like to draw the line in the sand between that and and the Northern Territory known for its fly fishing. I mean, it's obviously going to be guys who are motivated in it, like yourself, that's going to be able to you know put media out or whatever, like um from from being on the water so often. But what about I mean the the, the, the like. Oh geez, I, I realise I'm probably setting up the shit can people here, but I don't really want to. But um, you know why? Why? Why are we not seeing a lot of uh locals like you know like show this sort of stuff? You know, like it's uh, you know, is it is it is the problem the 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 the, the colour of the water, the big tides and stuff? You know, close to the city, or you got to go much further, like what you're looking at for permit and so like that to start seeing classic fly fishing, or or is it just Ooh. um, is it just still like a real high vis high vis shirt mentality up there with yeah, you know, tins of tins and um and live bait. Um, funnily enough, no one live baits in the territory. Like, yeah, right. Okay. Very very few do it, and no one does it properly. Like North Queenslanders have it down to a fine art. They love it. Dual anchors, four baits out. Like no one in the territory does it. If someone's going to live bait, and before they put the cast net in, they're putting a case of beer in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But yeah, it's um, it's a bit of a funny one. Like, the fishery is there, and it blew me away when I first started fishing up here, like, how good sight casting for Barra is with a fly rod. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, internationally, it's totally unknown. Like, everyone, obviously, everyone knows permit, everyone knows bonefish, and they're starting to get to know blue bastards all over the world, and tuskies to a lesser extent. But, um, yeah, like, sight casting for Barra on the flats is some of the most fun you can ever have. Like, generally on a flat, they are hungry as shit. Like, if if you get the fly in the right spot, they're going to eat it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's sort of like chasing permit, but they're keen. <laughs> like, they're yeah. Like, well, you, you kind of answered the next direction I was going. Has it got the potential for it? I mean, is that is that what we're missing here? But you did say that, it, like, it's got, it's got the fishery for it, you know? It's, uh... Yeah, yeah. Australians know. Like, I mean, Australians. Anyone who's ever caught a barra is like, mate, that you're you're hooked. You know, unless it's unless it's a a, a Gold Coast barra in the middle of winter, you know, it's probably going to come in like a wet sock. But I mean, if you've if you caught a, a decent barra, like in 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 its native natural range in in warm water, yeah, it, there's not many fish to compare, eh? Right? You know, like, I'm not a small barra chaser, but if I can sight cast seventies, like, I'll, yeah, it's awesome. Like, mm. And you generally can like sight casting bar on a fly rod is pretty simple to find as a guide. Like all, it's all in the cast. To be honest, mm. like I'd much rather chase big ones. Um, but if the big ones aren't firing, and you've got your little circuit going, all right, this stage of tide they're going to be in this tree. This stage of tide they'll be in this tree, and you stage yourself around. Like they they are really easy to find, and they're really habitual. So you can, um, like, particularly in Arnhem Land, you can just go, right, there'll be 
there'll be fish sitting on these needle roots over here. Get ready with your fly, and and then it, it is all up to the angler. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you sort of can't like with a flats fish like a permit, you can lead them by so much if they're on the move, and then the, the cast doesn't matter as much, and you just sort of time that strip back. But with, but with a barrow, you need to have it go within six inches of their face, mm-hmm. and a lot of the time they're not moving. Yeah, so it is all up to the cast. It sounds easy, but it's surprisingly challenging, you know, given... I've actually, like, fly is probably easier than, oh, yeah. as an angler than conventional because if it's not going quite right, you just pull it back to another false cut. Yeah. Um, but, no, it's awesome when they materialise it. Like, a lot of clients won't see them the first few times. It can be pretty hard to see sometimes. But, yeah... You can sort of coach people through to it, like where on the snag or where on the stick or the corner that they're actually sitting. And then you'll see this barren materialise to someone where they haven't seen it before and just boof the fly right. Like quite often they'll hand it right back to the boat, which is awesome, and eat it at your rod tip. But um, yeah, I've never. It's quite weird that X, X mouth and places like that. I've always got so much press as a fly fishing destination. Like, I do love fishing in Exmouth. Mm. They do have the permit there that drags people. Mm. Um, but it's certainly not an easy permit fishery. Like, there's, there are a lot easier permit fisheries in the country. Mm. And, um, and the bonefish aren't like your traditional knee-deep flat bonefish. They're, they're deep water out of a boat. Yeah. So, um, and, and it's... There's other bits and pieces there too. Like I, I you know, I've, I've been there twice, and the second time I was there, we we found milkies on the on the flats, like on the, like I mean, on the ocean flats, like big, four four yeah. and five foot jobs, you know. And, oh, Robert Mills got one the other day, didn't you? On the flats? I oh, know he didn't. It was a queenfish. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Robbie's a great dude. I, I love Robbie. He's a ledge. Yeah, yeah. He did yeah. give us some things to say to you, but I'm not. I'm not going to repeat them, mate. I just oh, feel oh, disrespectful, yeah. eh? Yeah, definitely will do. He's only because yeah. I hooked up with his cousin. Is oh, what? Sorry, I hooked up with his cousin years ago, and he's still still sitting on it. Oh, God, he's got to get over this stuff, mate. <laughs> now, nah, darling's a small place. So no matter who you go for, you're going to root someone's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> provide, provide it's not your own There's probably not much wrong with that really uh, People say Tasmanians are inbred But I don't know, they've never been up north <laughs> <laughs> Hey um, <laughs> Hey Ben Just just to steer this back onto, onto fishing And I'm fucking finding this hilarious too But um, final, final topic for the night um, Have you found um, And this is a left fielder uh, Any Have you found any blue bastards In the Northern Territory in like is there any up and coming fisheries uh that you've discovered for those or is that sort of work in progress they are yeah they they are present in the same uh location we're going next month so we'll try and put a few on the board yeah right so bastards are a funny one because they do get get wise yeah sort of yeah i'm always really apprehensive to hit them recreationally because if i if I find a small population and sting them all, I'm never going to be able to catch them with clients. <laughs> <laughs> like um, my good mate Alex, he worked the Wessels a lot. and Yeah, he, he said there were fish that were just there every day, but he'd already caught them and he'd 
just take clients to go and have a cast at them to get their eye in, but they're never going to catch them. Yeah, right. Rather than going and waste new fish with with um, bad presentations early on in a trip. Yeah. And just going, yeah, have a crack at the burnt ones. Shit, yeah. But yeah, I don't know whether it's a, it's an idea to, like, if you catch a bastard, you chuck it in your live well and move it. Right. And maybe that would open up for another one to move into that territory. Because, like, there's plenty plenty of bastards and tuskies that don't live on the flats. Like, yeah. like they're just the ones that you see. Mm. So, Where um, are they? Like, in deep water or something? Yeah, well, same with permit. Like, in, in Fiji, at a lodge that me and my mates have got, we've got huge permit that live in our home bay. Mm. They seem to want to eat oysters all the time or some kind of mussel or something. Cannot catch the bastards. But um, mm. I've had them swimming between me and my stripper guide. That's crazy. Oh, it was insane. Like yeah. he, went, he went into a little dirty waterline that this buddy, that this wave off the edge was creating. And mm. I'm, like, I'm looking for where he was on the outside of it. And I'm in it. And <laughs> he just materialized. Like, <laughs> foot off my leg. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, those things are pricks. We did, we've got some good triggers there, but, um, did, did you get any, uh, permit in Fiji? No, nah, well, they're the, the ones in our home bay. I've only been to, to the lodge once and we got, uh, smashed with a cyclone. We got a, a few nice yellowfin on the fly and, wow. yeah, yeah. and, uh, had a few shots at tri- good triggers. They mm. seemed to be nesting, so we sort of didn't really want to mess yep. with too much, but, yeah, just like 50 metres from the lodge is permit swimming down the beach. Yeah, yeah. I've I got a small blocky in um, Fiji uh, off, the, off the beach where we're staying. We're in those, you know, um, oh, I, I don't know if I pronounce this right, Marmanuka group. Yeah. Just west you nailed of, it, Vols. I just checked. You, you killed it. <laughs> just west of Nandy. You know? Oh, yeah. We're the, we're the other way. We're down the Lao group. Oh, yeah. Right but, yeah, there's, there's everything there. Yeah. So it's a, it's an awesome place to to go and throw the fly rod around, like take the paddleboard out even and just go cruising. You can sneak up on fish pretty well with a paddleboard. Mm. Yeah. Well that's food for thought. Maybe yeah. for another time, mate. We're gonna have to Well, so you used to go all right <clears throat> on your goat boat, didn't you, in Morton Bay as well? So you'd, <laughs> you'd understand how close you'd get, didn't you, wouldn't you? Goat boat, a kayak. Hey, uh, your surf ski. <laughs> Oh, no. so except for fishermen who want to feel the wind in their vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see this coming. It could be our most controversial body so far. There's been some nah, really mate, cra- cracker calls in it. Fuck. There's yeah. some good calls. It's been good. But uh, I, think we, I think we could do better, you know, <laughs> as far as controversy is concerned. <laughs> Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get we'll get Ben on again for uh, a, a panel of them, our most controversial guests, and then we'll just sit back, you and I, Volts. What do you reckon? Suppose <laughs> with other NT fly guys and see if I knock one of them out. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to do that remote, mate. We'd have we still have to get an hour, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so make it draw it out. This ain't ain't no bloody Conor McGregor fight, you know. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, all right, mate. Well, we we might uh, we might wrap it up there. We're done for time, but not. Um, there's still so much to talk about. But um, you know, uh, thanks for coming on, mate. It was really cool. Yeah, that's all good, boys. Really had a good time with this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mate, I'm glad. I'm glad we could finally make the time. It's been great, mate. Awesome. Yeah. Right, chat soon, eh? Thirty, mate. Talk to you. Yeah. Yeah.
Welcome back, folks, to the outro or after show of the intermediate line called the Fast Sinking Line. I'm your host, <laughs> Rocky Outcrop, and this is Spencer Golf. Hey, Rocky. There you go, Spencer. How'd you enjoy the show? <laughs> Mate, uh, I loved it. Talking to Ben, um, Carl was fucking awesome, eh? He you nailed uh, it, dude. <laughs> 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 no one will ever get his name wrong now, eh? So, Never. No. I look at it like that. Did him a favour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, uh, you know, that, that guy's unique, eh? And, um, and, uh, he's, he's keen, you know, I love the fact that he, that he just wants to chase Big Barra. Um, you know, and he, he's, uh, he beats to the, <laughs> beats to the sound of his own drum. He marches to the beat of his own drum. Meets, so, marches uh, to the beat of his own indifferent drum. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 He's good. What do you think? Yeah, I like I like Ben. I like his uh, I like the cut of his jib. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I like uh, his no no bullshit fucking response and it's uh, oh attitude rather. But um, I I kind of feel like I share the same fucking attitude. Let's just focus on the fucking fishing and and whatever it takes to get there as far as discussions concerned, and uh, and trim the fat and follow the fucking beef. That's what I reckon. <laughs> There's a lot of butchering analogies coming out there, isn't there? Yeah, you know? man. <laughs> <laughs> we butchered heaps over over 101 episodes on this yeah. fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> butchering would be a correct the correct uh, adjective to use there, I think. It's uh, but yeah, man. It's um, he really he really does. He he, he um. He he comes across like that. I would imagine if you were to to, to book a charter with Ben, um. You know, it'd, it'd go along the lines of like, um, you know, what? Oh, this is what I want to chase. No, we're going to figure it out when you get here, mate. And um, yeah. and and I'm going to put you under the best fish that I can possibly put you onto, as opposed to taking you on your tour. And if you don't fucking like it, you can get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you, mate, if I had a guy tell me that and go, mate, I'm just going to put you on a fucking big fat fucking barrel. We're not going to target the small ones. We're going to get up at two thirty in the morning. We're going to fucking fish till eight o'clock at night. You might go without dinner. You might go without a shower for a week, but you're gonna have some fucking great memories. That's that's my man. That's yeah. That's the type of guy I want to go fishing with, eh? Yep. You know, yeah. That's um, highly commendable, highly desirable. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, you know, like I mean, you need a guy like that in the territory. I mean, imagine having to like um, drink your iced coffee in the morning and um, not knowing where to snap one off. Like that'd be a that'd be a challenge up there in the territory, right? <laughs> You can't just rock up under any bank and just go and, um, you know, uh, drop the kids off, really. <laughs> Can you? No, nah, man, you can't. No, nah. there's, there's plenty of things to bite you up there. I yeah. can't imagine, like, your biggest risk is a goanna at North Pine Dam. I mean, it's a much bigger <laughs> lizard up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Are you, uh, yeah. Are you, uh, t- listen to those, uh, those possible new permit options sounds pretty exciting, doesn't it? Oh, very, very exciting! I, I tell you what, I, I was thinking through it like this is probably one of the um, the greater, uh, the gooder, the the gooder, <laughs> the better things to have come out of uh, lockdowns and and COVID and shit like that. That you know, people are searching their own backyard. I was sort of thinking to myself through there, like we learned that Ben was been has been guiding the territory since 2010. Uh, mm. Last year was pretty shit, and this year isn't awesome either. 
which has afforded him the opportunity to uh, have a look around. And I wonder, you know, if things kept trucking, you know, his regular client base came up and, and consumed his, his time through the, uh, the season that he fishes, whether he would have gone out and, and looked in that and found that, you know, and, and just the fact that there's other people out there searching and looking for our, in our within our backyard now, well, not only uh, pr- promote a good fishery for, for Australians to, to avoid the costly international travel, but um, could also promote international travel in towards Australia as well, and put yeah. um, you know, and, and that can only be a good thing. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna find that uh, um, companies will start you know looking towards here as well, and and investing some R and D into what we do as well. Perhaps, I mean, it, it, that flow-on effect is um, is unknowable really at the end of the day, but it's potentially large. Sure, man. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's, a, <clears throat> it's a really good point. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it is pretty exciting to, to put that. It makes, I mean, Jesus, man, like it just makes sense. Like where that where that place is. Did he did he mention did he mention bonefish on air or, or was that off air? Uh, can't remember. Maybe yeah. we shouldn't say anything about <clears throat> that. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll just wait there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but look, yeah, look, it's um, you know, um. I know they get seen a lot up there. I, I matter it's a fi- figuring out the difference between um, feeding fish and transient fish, you know. So he's got a bit of work cut out for him still yet, I'm assuming. Um, you know, pulling those fish apart and find out what they're eating, all that sort of stuff. There'd be, there'd be a lot of work. There'd, there'd be a lot of work in it, but I wouldn't imagine anything that good would come easy anyway. Otherwise, everyone would be doing it. They would, wouldn't they? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Hey, um, mm. On the intro, you mentioned something about not taking advice from people on the internet about fly casting what did you mean by that like oh that's very astute of you spencer um to remember that far back at this stage (laughs) Um, yeah um uh hang on a sec my uh my wife is trying to call me i'll just um let her know that i'm on the phone um (laughs) anyway (laughs) pay for that later um, you yeah, know, all, all I meant was, um, you know, like it's not so much that I think that people shouldn't give advice. I mean, it's like the fly tying stuff. It's more yeah. when the casting stuff is, um, is that, you know, one-on-one like personal tuition is a lot more effective than, um, than, you know, than, than uh, online advice. That's all I'm saying. You know, yeah. there's, there's, there's no way. I mean, a lot of it, um, can, can some of the advice that you get when you see people face to face can be beyond the physics of the cast, so to speak, but, uh, it can be more, it can be. Part, partly partly due to body mechanics and unless you're seeing someone cast their stance their grip all that sort of stuff and they might not mention it you know like i just see a lot of people just give advice without diagnosis and it's just um i guess i just want to sort of warn people who feel like they can't get it get the casting that you know that might be might be the reason why that's all i guess yeah. I'm, I'm i'm just coming from a good place you know i'm not i mean people 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 don't have to take my advice they can say whatever the fuck they want online for sure but yeah that's that's all I mean. It's just that personal one-on-one um, tuition is is a lot more effective. Yeah, I'm not just saying. It's the reason you go see the doctor for a prescription and uh, just go to doctor Doctor Google, eh? So WebMD, yeah, yeah. Mm. WebMD, yeah, yeah. there you go. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. WebCCI. <laughs> 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 Look, if it was that easy to learn from books and videos, man, like um, that, like you know, fuck. I give casting lessons every week, sometimes twice a week, you know, and it's it, like there'd be no market for me, that's for sure. And most of my most of my students, I would say nearly all of my students, have already had a crack at casting. 
and they've all tried to learn from from books and DVDs and advice they get online and advice from their friends, you know. And it's um that's that that's great business for me. Actually, keep giving advice online. That'd be um that's ideal. Forget everything I just said about that. Please give people your advice. That's um that's awesome. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yes. No, did I did I answer your question there? No, no, no. It was you did you did answer my question. Um, I just thought it was a point worth clarifying. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Yep. Yep. All yeah, very so clear now. Clear as yeah, glass. Yeah. You know. Yep. That ultra clear stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Absolutely. Clear yeah, as rain zap. Yeah. What's that? Clear as rain zap. Um, not far away too. Uh, I can tell you that it's <laughs> fucking. I know I keep saying it because it keeps changing. The goalposts keep changing for me too, but it's it's only a couple of weeks away, at best. Cool. I'm all out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that'll be very exciting. It's going to be big news. Yeah, it's going to be big news, man. It's going to be good. A lot of people have been looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be great, and it's going to be well priced. Let's put it that way. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a, yeah, new formula too. So it's um. Yeah, um, just got to get the MSDS up so people can make themselves informed about what they're exposing their body to. And if you um, if you can't access an MSDS uh, material safety data sheet about the chemicals you're using, well, I guess there's always some good oncologists around. Let's put it that way, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's it's it, it's that real, man. Like some of those some of those chemicals that people expose until are, are, are carcinogens, and it says it in the MSDS. If you can, if you're lucky enough to access it. Yeah. So it's um just I uh, just just fair warning. Hate to be hate to have someone say, "Did you know about this?" and didn't tell everyone. Yep. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So it's um yeah. There you go. Very somber. But uh, look um. At the end of the day, mate, I think uh, I think the show with Ben was a success. I hope we we exposed some um, some fly fishermen to Ben. I'm, I'm, I know he's a busy dude already, but um, you know he does fly under the radar quite a bit, and his results do a lot of the talking. So it was good to get a, a perspective from the man himself. Certainly was. You can check him out there. Is it Vision underscore Sport Fishing? I was just about to say that we we didn't ask him about um, his his web. He's um page yeah. should we let me just double check that yeah yeah Easy look at um, yeah, vision sports at vision sports fishing sport fishing not sports vision sport fishing for one word yeah yeah and uh, if you go to his page there's not many small barra a lot of big barra Lots of in them. fact i'm looking at a collage of um <laughs> i tell you man i mean the dude can the dude can um the dude can brag man like i mean and, and i don't mean that in a bad way he should brag with these sort of results i'm looking at a post he's got there from back in the 6th of april this year it says results speak louder than words ever can and it's a it's a collage of one two three four five six seven eight nine ten about a hundred fish and not one fish not fish not one fish is under 90 90 centimeters it's incredible except for those couple of trout halfway down the page oh yeah but no this is a collage mate there's no trout in this collage okay yeah. cool <laughs> the funny thing is that a Barrett probably wouldn't show up in this collage if it was trout set, ironically. But, uh... <laughs> 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 oh, 
as we yeah, are man. all learning now, as the um, as the saltwater fly fishermen aren't so much the dirtier breed anymore. I notice a lot of trouty saltwater fly fishing now. That's for sure. And great, mm -hmm. welcome. Mm -hmm. Welcome to seeing your backing. <laughs> <laughs> We've known about it for years. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Been yeah. Good. Cool. Well, what do you say we wrap this puppy up? God, man, I, I, after episode 100, I want to, want to avoid that. Can you say it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's wrap it up. Make sure you go to our Instagram page and check out the uh, the amazing rod fishery that we have here in in, Queen, in in Queensland, at least. I'm sure there's more rods to be caught around Australia, but um, make sure you check it out. It's an exciting new sport. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no shame in holding a rod with your rod over your shoulder. That's it, the only acceptable circumstance. There you okay? go. There yeah, you thanks, go. That's Word good. to the wise. <laughs> All right, man. I'll catch you next week. Okay. Ta-ta. See ya.
the story you have just heard is true. The names have not been changed to protect the guilty. However, Lagwagon does not condone drinking and driving. They just find this particular situation to be quite humorous.